0: For you, being in the middle, I am no Malcolm, I am no Martin,
1: more like Night. No, it's us. fine, your, it makes me feel account. like
0: I'm on Lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was so obnoxious. Welcome. Welcome to... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome to the to the Lost After. Hey, yo. The Lost After. We're doing... We're to- it's, this is Brady, and I'm here with Chuck Barson. We, uh, we and were this starting- is
2: a blog about coping with life after the finale of Lost. <laughs>
1: I was a huge Lost
2: fan. I know you were. You were a big Lost fan. I was Lost obsessed
1: fan. with it. You know what? Actually, that was my introduction to podcast because I wrote <laughs> into that podcast and they answered two of my questions in a row. And by they, I mean the executive producers, Damon, Linda Loth and Carlton Cuse. And they, they go, hey, we got a question here from Brady Harden. And they answered it. Then they go, oh, we've got another question from Brady Harden. And Carlton Cuse goes, way to go, Brady Harden.
2: <laughs> and that's when you knew.
1: That's when I knew, oh, I like I podcasts know. because I heard my name. <laughs> I want to hear that over and over and over. I want to keep on hearing my name on a podcast. What if I go on there and say it and make other people say it You're too? You're the
2: big fish in a small pond, Brady. <sighs> so speaking of uh, television shows from the early aughts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brady, you were uh, you were in a, a, a TV show. Yes, 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 um, yes. You may have You may have heard of it. <laughs>
1: if you were if you have insomnia and the t the, the tbn channel for t, for youth called jctv
2: tbn that's uh 247-7 if you have direct tv i'm just kidding i don't, I don't know backslash
1: skull sign plus <laughs> sign exclamation point yeah
2: yeah yeah you have to put all that in um tongue emoji <laughs> uh so i've i've had the privilege of seeing probably i mean like the tolerable amount of this show which is about an episode and a half (laughs) that's generous (laughs) depending on what season you're in but there are some uh, pretty golden moments in there so yeah
1: in my early early late teens early 20s yeah so in the season one of the show it was produced by a group of homeschoolers writing about a public high school red flags red flags and um, (laughs) I was kind of like in my church I was kind of known as being the dramatic guy like I was in like production of stuff. And so they repped me in and they're like, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? I'm like, yeah, sure. So, um, it ended up becoming kind of like a thing. And so we made a, f- we made a first season. We ended up finding a little bit of distribution. We were on like, um, internationally. Okay, So you, so
2: you started, <laughs> we started with just like, let's make a show and see what happens. And then it got picked up by TBN.
1: Kind of. So I was in season <laughs> one and I was, I was just an actor. And so think of like a bad, like, um, have you seen that meme where it's like a little kid outlining their cat and the cat looks really worried and it's supposed yeah, yeah, to be yeah. like the cat's music and then the outline is Christian music.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. right. yeah, yeah, So that's kind of what it
1: was, but with to boy meets world. So uh-huh. my character was like the older brother, Eric, but a Christian who was going to end up being a youth pastor by season two.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, you know, that uh follows
1: <laughs> so it was a lot of homeschoolers trying to write about high school i kind of like elbowed in a little bit and then i ended up be, like wrote most of the second season so, okay so
2: wait it was a school it was a show about public school starring homeschoolers uh-huh. right
1: and written by homeschoolers i was a public you were
2: the though. you were the public school consultant for the show kind, well yeah So you could say like no guys here's that's what would happen how it is this is
1: so <laughs> unprofessional we would go on to set and we would actually fly in to people from LA right like we were going to be professional athletes and um all right uh, i'm trying to think if any of them made a like would be recognizable let me let me get back to that but uh, They, what we would do though, is like we didn't like the scripts, and so we kind of just improvised a lot of the first season. Then I tried to write more of the second season, and then I had also like directed it, and then was also played my character. And then I got paid like around it was like sixty dollars or sixty hours a week, and I probably got paid around two hundred and fifty dollars a week. It was sixty hours. Wow! (laughs) But I did it for the Lord. (laughs) Because I wanted to tell people about the you were storing up of treasure Christ. in heaven. Yes. In heaven, you
2: were getting paid, uh, fifteen hundred dollars a week. That
1: economy that
2: does not work. In heaven, you were getting paid.
1: It's like we're trying to discourage you from being selfish, but really, you're just encouraging me to be selfish later.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When it's allowed.
1: Yeah, like if it's I have a, a bigger house than you, you know I'm going to be proud of that shit. Yeah, I'm going to bi- show it off. Bitch. <laughs>
2: I love, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like a, almost like a good place type of, uh, type of objection there.
1: Chuck, were you ever on TV? Well, today we've got a <laughs> wonderful guest. Um, I want to introduce you all. Uh, here's how I was introduced to Alice. Speaking um, of TV... Yeah, Speaking of TV, um, Alice was is making a really amazing website and resource called Dare to Doubt. And I came across it on my own and I was like, this is a really cool resource. And I emailed and I was like, hey, I would like to see if we could be... Re- put on this, and she was like, hey, I like you guys, and I'm just learning about Jamie Lee Finch, and I was like, this is awesome, and then I started emailing back and forth, and she was like, yeah, I know about you guys, and I'm learning about Jamie Lee Finch, and I'm like, that's really awesome, that's really cool. By the way, I was thinking earlier of who may be famous that people may know about, and after that TV show completing Caden, I was in this movie called Logan that starred Boo Boo Stewart, who ended up being in... Boo
2: Boo! Oh, I'm a big Boo Boo fan. He
1: ended up in, um...
2: (laughs) Boo Boo Fett from from Star Wars? One
1: of the Twilight movies, a X-Men movie, and then the other one was Leo Howard, who I had a scene with. It was a really interesting kid, and he ended up playing young Conan, had a show on Disney Channel, and is doing other action movies. I don't know anything.
2: All right. Uh, I played his English teacher. So what you're saying is you weren't as good as him. And you're not famous.
1: So uh, Alice was learning about Jamie Lee Finch, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, that's awesome! We love her." <laughs> so uh, and then it was after that that I realized that she's been on television. And I thought that was really cool, and then I read her story, and I'm like, "That's one that we want to share." So tight. Um, here yeah, she Alice, is.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Alice has TV. TV wise, just throwing that out there. Are uh, you? I'm young and the her? restless. I already did. Jesus, go ahead. You sent me the link.
1: I know, but I didn't know you were going to introduce her this way, but go ahead.
2: Oh, I mean, you already introduced her. Do the... accents for each one of these. Uh, th- wh- uh... <laughs> the, what, The lion game. The, 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 the young and the restless.
1: That was a little racist. Duke's a hazard. Was the
2: young, the, ra- the Russian was racist? Oh, maybe a little
1: bit. Alice, thank you so much for joining the show. This is embarrassing, but I'm loving it. I- it's not oh,
3: thank way. you for having me. I am so happy <laughs> and grateful to be here. <laughs>
1: Very cool. Good. I'm glad the gratefulness is not worn off yet.
3: <laughs> no, not yet.
1: <laughs> That's how we get you. <laughs>
0: um,
2: Alice, before we kick off, can you tell us um, a, a uh, f- funny or frustrating story about being on set somewhere? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm Chuck. Can
1: you give me a blooper? (laughs) What is she, a DVD menu? (laughs) Well,
3: the thing fresh in my mind, coming on the heels of listening to your story about homeschoolers writing a TV show about public school. Yeah, Mm. I was homeschooled my whole life. Oh, yeah. And for over a decade, I played a public high school-going character in pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Which was super awkward and weird to have to, like, people would be reminiscing in hair and makeup about their prom, you know, or what it's like to run for prom. And I'm thinking like, I never even went to prom. Um, Yeah. Wanted to, me and a friend tried to course these two guys in our youth group to take us to their prom. Yeah.
0: That's what
2: I did. I went, I went with girls from my youth group to prom, but we weren't really dating But
3: as friends.
2: Yes, definitely (laughs) as friends.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I, I, nothing is like super popping out to me in terms of, uh, Dude, I t- I totally no, get I mean- that.
2: Sorry, go ahead. I you.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. You go ahead. I was drawing a blank. So, the- I'll let you know if one comes to me though.
2: Oh, definitely. Okay, I was just gonna say I I relate to that real hard. Like that, there. Like so much of my adolescence was me having like a like a awkward feeling in the pit of my stomach when anybody was talking about normal teenage life because I was homeschooled too. And just like, (laughs) not knowing, like really hoping that nobody like draws attention to me in that moment. You know what I mean? You're like, please don't.
0: Yes, I
2: don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what homeroom is. I don't even, I know.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Homeroom. Like I was trying, and I remember even just the class English confused me. I'm like, but you already speak English. I don't understand why it's called English. Like just Dumb things like that.
2: Mm. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Kind
3: of a, one, a funny whole stumped homeschooler moment, not related to my acting career, but how 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 fresh language-wise can we get here? Pretty fresh. Oh, so <laughs> I say fresh. fuck <laughs> all the time. So, as okay. fresh as it gets. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was on a mission trip to India uh-huh. when I was a teenager, and we were staying at the New Delhi YMCA Hostel. Okay. And the pool had a sign over it that said, K-U-M pool. And all the kids start snickering. And these are the kids <laughs> that go to school. And I'm like, come pool, what's so funny about that? I mean, this? that's pretty
2: fucking funny. And
3: I've I'm seen like video. not getting the joke. I'm yeah. like, what? What is it? Yeah. What? And I'm like, I-, I decide to risk showing my homeschooled colors. And I'm mm. like, guys, what's what's so funny? And they're yeah. like, come pool. And I'm like, Come pool I, I don't get it like just like a deer in the headlights and then they had to explain to me about ejaculate being called cum and it was oh, man. so embarrassing but funny but i just mostly just felt like an idiot right
1: just like, an idiot <laughs> yep. and like i love that my version not is to mention that...
2: like the my homeschooled version of sex ed was like more than lacking, so I'm I'm glad that you're even able to swing with their explanation of it because you just never know when you're homeschooled. It
3: was your homeschool sex ed. Oh
2: man, uh my homeschool sex ed was my was my mom like very awkwardly giving me a book that was I was in like I think I was in like sixth grade. I was probably like twelve. And it was like a very it was like a cartoony book. Like it was kind of (laughs) cartoony. And I'm the feeling sex like nerves part, just to there you. was no, the, yeah, right, I'm saying, dude, there was no, like, actual, like, okay, so there was, and it, there's anatomy drawn, like, accurate anatomy drawn in a lot of the pages, but when they actually described sex, they used machines, like a male machine and a female machine, and the male machine oh had, gosh. like, a long pointy rod and it went into the female machine and then there was like some ejaculate and i was like oh that's what's happening when i'm doing this thing that i've been doing since i was like 10
1: where do i get one of these is this what amazon's about
0: <laughs>
2: right right but i still didn't understand the concept of masturbation God, at that's that hot point, even though i was like doing it uh, yeah you know so i was like incredibly useless <laughs>
3: Dude, same, it, my like my homeschool sex ed, my mom gave me a book when I was twelve by Dr. James Dobson. Ew, a focus uh, on the family. Yeah, yeah, right? I, I eventually and, um, got
2: a James Dobson book too.
3: Oh, okay. Mine didn't have cartoons though. Mine was just called Preparing for Adolescence, <laughs> yeah, and it looked straight out of the late 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, sure like
1: fucks up the family. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> like right. a new new name for new meaning for the acronym. But yeah, like I remember when he got to the part about masturbation, which I realized I'd also been doing since uh-huh. I was about five, but not reaching the climax that right. he said you could apparently reach. And but <laughs> he wrote he wrote it he wrote about it very ambiguously. He was like, unlike a lot of Christians, I don't think masturbation's uh, inherently like, wrong. This is inherently I wrong. I think I read the like, same you book. You struggle yeah. with guilt if you do it, but. You know, lustful thoughts, and right. how do you masturbate without having lustful thoughts? Mm-hmm. Once you are aware that this is what you're doing, and it's—I uh, remember it just putting me in this mental bind of like, well, he says I can do it. The Bible does is not specific about it, but yeah, I feel horribly guilty because lustful thoughts.
0: Right.
1: And so
3: it was just a total mind fuck.
1: <laughs> well, what comes <laughs> well, first, the jerking or the egg? Right, because that's a masturbation tool. Is called the egg. Um, another thing, my my version of your story <laughs> earlier <laughs> was when I was younger, they would make fun of my first name. haha, Brady Hardin or Brady Bunch, right. Brady Bunch. Did oh, no. they call you Brady Hardon? They called me Hardon, and when I was in junior high, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, Brady Hardon. I said and, and you were like,
2: yeah, that's me, Brady Hardon.
1: Because <laughs> it sounded like I should have a, like a leather jacket. That's my ja- nickname! <laughs> like I should have a leather jacket and fireworks behind me. Um... <laughs> no i had to have that explained we need to go to break because this is a lot of information that we're sharing before the first commercial guys. i mean we start
2: talking about once you open the masturbation uh, yeah
1: the three of us are going to be gonna, problematic this, yeah, episode. this is going to be a problem this trio <laughs> the synergy is more like, I like s-i-n
2: it. or g synergy s-i-o with like okay yeah synergy. not like office synergy but like Oh, that was good. Sinful synergy. We'll be Uh, right back. When we get back, more uh, homonyms from Brady. After these messages,
1: we'll be right back. Oh, boy. Oh, hello there, Chuck. (laughs) I didn't see you there. How are you? Hmm?
2: Good. Just uh, editing the episode. What's up?
1: (laughs) What's up? Oh, you commoner and your common talk. I guess I'm what you would say, (laughs) doing not much. (laughs) What is this? Chuck, pst chuck it's me your pal brady i'm practicing patronizing so i'm working on being more condescending to people <laughs> oh, do you have any idea my Matt could get some crumpets around here <laughs>
2: uh, oh, wh- why are you doing this
1: you know for a patreon we've been asking people to patronize our page and i didn't <laughs> want to ask them to do something i wasn't willing to do it myself so i figured i would get some practice in.
2: oh god brady no that's huh? that's what? not what it means oh no? listen listeners can go to our patreon page pick the level you want to contribute Uh, each level has special rewards okay like exclusive life after minisodes
1: or not safe for work bloopers
2: uh, or like a monthly collection of deconstruction memes
1: and even personal consultations or meet up with your favorite host
2: chuck and brady yeah brady patreon.com slash the (laughs) life after
1: i guess even you could find it After those messages, we are back. <laughs> oh
2: my God. <laughs> I made a not mistake get, uh, it's asking you to do this intro. Yeah,
1: sorry. You make a lot of mistakes by asking me to do things. Alice, we want to thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah, we're excited. Um, <laughs> can you, you kind of give us a little bit of an intro? How how did you get started in your life and with walking with the Lord? Oof. <sighs> <laughs>
3: Uh, right, I know. I still feel like I have like a little bit of like a uh, reaction, mm. like right there in my gut, yeah. in my diaphragm. Um, no, 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 it's fine. I've learned to be very amused by triggers by now.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, yeah, now yeah, I yeah. just look
3: at them like, oh yeah, uh, squishies. I just started about <laughs> righteous gemstones, and I've been having so many oh. of those moments. Where I literally shudder on the couch. Just oh like, yeah, no, I know. I, I just started quinch. that the
2: other day. Yeah It's so good
3: Anyway
1: (laughs) What other shows have done that for you Before you start Now I'm really curious
3: Ooh Um Other (laughs) shows have done So The Sinner Kind of heavy and Uh dark did For me a little bit This with Jessica Biel right Yeah The one with Jessica Biel I was like, like uh, two episodes in, and I, I told my sister, I'm like, okay, spoiler alert, is this just about religious trauma syndrome? I think it's the first <laughs> show about religious trauma syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't sure. call it that, but I, I've seen it. <laughs>
0: right.
3: But uh, other shows that give me that reaction, I don't know about shows, but movies. Like I remember Saved always, oh, yeah, and I for love sure. that movie. I still love that movie just because it's such an ode to my teen years, yeah. um, ode to youth group days. Even uh, as a
2: teenage Christian, I was like, oh yeah, this is a really accurate.
3: You know <laughs> yeah, yeah really accurate um no that gives me that sort of like visceral reaction or if i'm in the uber and someone's playing a christian song oh
0: god okay. yeah,
1: Dad, yeah. that I could can be only like the, oh, imagine oh. it feels so inappropriate every <laughs> time i hear like? stop every it time i hear a song are... like that it, jesus christ
3: <laughs> Spoil- I know they're thinking they're having a driving ministry on wheels. Like yeah. they have me trapped and they're thinking maybe yeah. I'm going to ask, what is this beautiful song that's making me feel uplifted? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. And they're yeah. going to say, I'm so glad you asked. That's the love of the Lord shining through me to you yeah. right now through my music choice I'm because just, that's what i would have done
1: yeah. excuse me man when you drive there's just a hope that i don't understand honestly i'm, your just, hope I'm
2: just back from? there I just like, feel like so oh, safe.
3: Yeah. i feel angels around this car
2: i'm just back there like uh oh yeah the guitarist from this band slept with my friend outside of outside of his marriage mm. like which is true <laughs> Wait? Certain,
1: yeah. what band <laughs> tell me off air can you or can you tell me, yeah, me off? i'll tell you off air okay but i i got stuck in one of those conversations once with my uber driver and i was trying to be really patient but it was one of those things where like i had to be honest about who i was and my background and it turned into like a, a really like quick hot take oh but well you can't let the things that man does to shout your way you know sh- shadow your way of the lord like that sort of thing was trying to be and it was like you said i felt trapped it's like, oh, my God, why is this coming up right now? Anyway, enough yeah. about me. I want to hear your story, please.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, my story, the, the origin story. I've been trying to get better at con- at condensing it into hard, smaller it? soundbite, mm. podcast-friendly nutshells. It is hard. Um, I was... I my walk with the Lord probably began in utero. Um, right. I was just I always feel like I was just born a Christian, yeah. which really bothered me when I was a little kid because I always wanted to have a, a fancy testimony to yeah, share, absolutely. and I was so boring when it came to time for sharing because I'm like I was just born this way, um, and my dad when. When I was a toddler, my parents felt like God was calling them to be missionaries um, in Asia, so they took me and my little brother. It was just the two of us at the time, um, overseas to Nepal and Thailand through the Foursquare Church. And uh, they—that was when my parents belonged to the Foursquare denomination. Which, um, if you don't know, kind of sprang out of the Pentecostal thing. Right. It's like a really Um,
2: wild, charismatic sort of thing, right? Yeah.
3: And where are we right now? So toddlerhood. Um, so is that what you mean?
2: No, what location,
1: like where did you?
3: Bay area is where I was born by San Francisco. That's where my parents met. That's where, uh, they went to the four square church that then, um, sent us overseas to Asia. We Mm -hmm. were only there for nine months and Mm -hmm. then God closed the doors to that, Mm -hmm. opened the door for my dad to be a pastor in Rockford, Illinois. And that's where I feel like I spent most of my childhood. Um, and my dad didn't remain a pastor with the Foursquare Church for long. Uh, we started going to a non-denominational fellowship, not a church. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, which yeah. Was, <laughs> They're very emphatic about that. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. We are a fellowship, and we have common meals, not potlucks. Oh, uh, um, okay, yeah. And so... It, but A, a convenient yeah, still, rebranding
2: of the same same old shit, yeah, right? Yeah,
3: My, yeah. And, like they would say they were non-denominational, but um, Vineyard or Charismatic would be the okay. denominator. Right.
2: Okay, so let me stop you there for a second. So your parents like got swept up in the Toronto thing, right? Like, And, and I guess like a lot of yeah. our listeners probably don't know what I mean when I say the Toronto I thing. I don't even know, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there was this like <clears throat> wild what i mean a christian would refer to it as a revival <gasps> is this happened for the in laughing
1: Tirana?
2: yeah the spiritual yeah, no, oh, yeah, the holy laughter. Sure. yeah. <gasps> it's
1: coming back to me now keep yeah, going, yeah. Keep there going. was
2: like uh um i can't uh, fuck i can't name names off the top of my head even <laughs> <though people laughs> <that know laughs> it, yeah 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 well yeah i mean it, it wasn't like a, haggy, no no no, no <laughs> it wasn't those guys it was i can
3: name some names oh yeah. yes please <laughs> randy clark John yes, and carol are not yes
2: thank you um
3: okay. wes campbell david ruiz like yeah. there's a bunch of people who and, heidi baker uh, a bunch of people who are involved then and and, like, and now
2: ihop came out of that the Ew. vineyard movement came out Ew. of that and it was like this really huh. yeah i know right it was like this really big, like thousands of people were traveling to, to Toronto to like be baptized in the Holy Spirit and experience these really wild, like charismatic, like, yeah, the spiritual laughter and the, you know, people be getting knocked over and like speaking in tongues really loudly. And like, and that like spread all, literally all over the world and turned into a whole bunch of different movements. Uh, anyway, so your parents were like, got swept up in that, right? Which is like, not that weird for, for adults in the 80s. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I think it was 94 when Mm -hmm. the Toronto Blessing, so uh, I've, I've, there's lots of names for this revival movement Mm -hmm. that, as you said, spread across the globe. Um, Hundreds of thousands, millions of people were touched in some way by this movement. Um, I've come to call it the Toronto Blessing. When I was a kid, we called it the renewal. Uh Um, Yeah, 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 the
2: renewal, yeah.
3: The renewal, some called it the Father's Blessing. I think, I want to say people in the UK started calling it the Father's Blessing, but basically um, other Christians who were not in it, many of them call it uh, the counterfeit revival because it so closely mimicked um, what they might perceive as demonic activity because there was Mm -hmm. maniacal laughter like grown people in their sunday best crawling and rolling on the floor and like cl- clucking like chickens barking like dogs howling hysterically pretending to give birth all the while the worship oh. music is going like it is it was fucking nuts like if you just youtube toronto blessing you will see and yeah. because there's just no way that any description could accurately yeah, yeah, yeah. portray the sights and sounds that was that it was some people described it as like a barnyard insane asylum.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
3: which that's like which a is gra- accurate. <laughs> that's a great...
2: Like, wouldn't put those things together, but it per- makes perfect sense in that context, yeah.
3: Yeah, like what with the animal sounds and then just the um, the delirium, which as yeah. an adult... So I've done a lot of research on the Toronto Blessing now, uh, and I had to to kind of make peace with it because it it was the one thing that still kind of held me back from mm-hmm. moving on and healing, I guess, from... Uh, after I'd left Christianity was because I was so haunted by what was that? You know, mm-hmm. what was, I faked it. Right. I'm sure other people faked it, like falling down to the floor and uh, we called it being slain. Yeah. Um, being, being slain in the spirit. Or slain in the spirit. Or like, or like sh- I would like shake and tremble and like lurch. And or like drunk somatic. in the spirit
2: was a, was the thing that came out of that. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. And so as an adult, I had to, I had to re-examine it. And drunk in the spirit this is uh it's very that's a very accurate um slogan actually kind of like the get high on jesus slogan because Mm. it uh i got really into the field of neurotheology which is basically the neuroscience of mystical experiences and spirituality
0: um
3: because it really helped me understand and connect dots and see that this experience is not unique to christianity it's found Mm, in kundalini yoga for instance um uh Mm -hmm. the there there's there's other it spans cultures and faiths and so um that was reassuring cuz at least i know it's not like it, it what it told me is like okay they don't have, it's not like they have the only answer. Um, yeah, it's not like it's copyrighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not copyrighted.
0: Right.
3: So, but you know, it didn't, I still couldn't tell you what it is, but it is activating the same neural circuits mm-hmm. um, that drugs and alcohol and sex and novelty can also activate. Right. It puts you in, in this state of hypnosis basically um, is what I learned. And in that state, there's something, I, I don't know what it is. Absolutely. If I went back to mm-hmm. school, I would want to know. But yeah, it's it's possible for the human brain in sober conditions to activate this, this reaction that makes you super susceptible to suggestibility.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's huge. And mimic root pressure. God, it's so important to understand because when we, I think that with fundamentalism, we have this backwards understanding of what our experience is. We think that whatever happens is outside, then what we feel is a confirmation to that and draws like a connection between those things. But if that thing that we're drawing to is abstract, there's nothing to push that against. So we just feel that confirmation, but really it's just kind of like our lizard brain responding to stimuli and to what it perceives to be happening. On the same level that we talk about trauma, trauma, Mm -hmm. that if something happens that is perceived as a threat, our body transfers that or, or, or or response to it in a way as if it was really that threat. Right. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the same thing's happening when it comes to responding to these sort of stimuli or being in some sort of hypnosis state. It's not that something is for sure. A third party coming out and, and doing something there it could right. be that our body is just responding to a perception yeah. that has been mm-hmm. built up and, and, and encouraged I think totally. a, a
2: lot of anthropologists think that there's like s- this like a biological mechanism to encourage human community where we can like unify around an idea mm-hmm. by just like sort of like really talking it up and like seemingly like the more we like emphasize how awesome this experience is man
1: right like right. Pe- you the
2: more other people the people around us respond to it and then when a lot of people are responding then it it's just it sort of creates like a a feedback loop
1: hmm that's interesting
2: anyway toronto uh, was- yeah I,
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but just on the heels of that i do think that there's a pretty in my opinion a pretty solid argument uh grounded in, I guess, the more evolution branch of, of sciences mm. for faith. I think that, it, like you said, it helps groups cohere and right. get along and therefore survive better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many cultures throughout um, known known time uh, maybe found spirituality through plant medicines, right. um, never mind what other faiths they they made up uh I don't know. I, I think why humans have the capacity for faith and spiritual or mystical experiences is one of my favorite mysteries.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, Absolutely. I'm an
3: atheist, but I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. Same
1: here. What was interesting to me was reading Sapiens, um, cause in that he, right. Cause he talked about how w- narratives and storytelling yeah. is kind of like how we cast those spells to each other. Mm-hmm. So the way that yeah. I look at it is each one of us has our brains that are like computing to where we have an abstract idea. It's kind of like a virtual reality within our own brains. And then for us to kind of like want to share files with each other, we tell each other stories mm-hmm. and those narratives. And then if you feel that Like emotionally In a sense that becomes real to us And anyway Like a big thing for me now is to understand That I can hold on to narratives and stories As an atheist Still be greatly inspired By them Mm -hmm. But not Mm -hmm. have to have Like a supernatural feeling I just have to believe in the inertia Of humanity That like this is what's gotten us so far And it's going to continue to keep us going So I need to find the good out of it and not the bad
2: Party on.
3: Well said. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the Toronto blessing, that was, when that happened, um, it kind of took, uh, it, it, strengthened my parents' faith in many ways and made the experience of God a lot more real to them, I think. I don't want to speak for them. Um, And I should also disclaim right about now is where I feel like I would like to. My parents themselves are no longer um, involved in the church at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they would both say they're still uh, spiritual people, but Mm. um, I'm so, so grateful to be able to uh, say that I have, I continue to have a really great relationship with them I think probably in large part because their uh, faith evolved as well as mine at different mm-hmm, times mm-hmm. and in different directions. But um, yeah, I just like to disclaim that right about here because talking about the Toronto blessing and it was super crazy. Um, my parents are not involved in that anymore. Neither though do I think that they would necessarily regret being involved. I think it really truly did have a profound impact totally on their lives and yeah. and their Whatever the soul is, it impacted them and inspired them to um, evolve in ways that I don't think they would have without the Toronto Blessing, for better or worse. Um, One of those ways eventually landed us in uh, Kansas City, where you mentioned IHOP earlier. Yeah,
2: IHOP. I was about to uh, say.
3: Yeah, Mike Bickle, IHOP. Yeah. Uh, Oof. So we joined Metro Christian Fellowship, which is like the home church of IHOP. IHOP was like a branch right. off of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, say. yeah.
3: And for anyone who doesn't know, we're, we don't mean the International House of Pancakes. We mean the International House <laughs> of Prayer. Yeah. Got <laughs> confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, I love
1: how you said that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my youth group actually met in the basement of one of IHOP's administrative buildings, okay. and we. Go to IHOP afterwards, or I'd wait for my parents to pick me up and like and be just chilling, doing intercessory prayer at the IHOP.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, praying, yeah. In, praying in
2: the end. Out yeah. There. yeah,
3: and praying for the end times, yeah. and praying for all, all the things going on in the Middle East, and um, yeah, and so that w- I would say the Toronto blessing, crazy charismatic stuff probably ended by then. Um, in Kansas City with the IHOP, it was in some ways similar, but I didn't see as much rolling around on the floor or animal noises. Sure, it was more yeah. prophetic visions and spiritual warfare. Um, there, I just remembered there being such a heavy emphasis on spiritual warfare there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And then that was when I was a teenager, halfway through my teen years, my parents moved yet again to Colorado. Okay. Um, mm. And that's where purity culture, I would say mm. is, like was really, really uh, more heavily imprinted on me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, is so that like early a lot of teens the was Toronto blessing, middle early teens with spiritual warfare, late teens with purity culture is sort of how I,
2: you were like, just uh, yeah
3: makes sense of my upbringing.
1: <laughs> was it fueled by being in Colorado you... near focus on the family? Do you think?
3: I don't see how it couldn't be in yeah. some ways. Um, we were not in Colorado Springs. We were in Longmont, which is a suburb of Boulder, oh, Boulder. Okay, uh, but it but yeah, I mean, Colorado as a whole, I think, um, it, it's it's got a lot going for it, but it also is is very strong. Bases for uh, evangelical Christianity and the United States military. And those two things, I think, can be, you can look at them as being very related in some ways. But um, it, yeah, anyway, I don't know if that made sense.
1: No, that's very interesting. I, <laughs> I, <definitely>, I <laughs> didn't know, very know that
3: connection. I guess, is what I'm saying. A very militant, both both uh, ideologies. Um, and they had some crossover, too. I, the mission trip that I went on, our base camp was uh, next to to NORAD the base camp where we were preparing for our trip it was next to okay. NORAD in Colorado Springs uh-huh. so it always just seemed like military and Christianity stuff huh. just were interesting I never together. thought
2: about that hmm.
3: In Colorado yeah I don't know maybe I'm the only one who, who notices that but anyways so yeah.
2: you were I, I might be rewinding a little bit but that's not a big deal you, yeah go your for- parents were like pretty they were like not half-assing their beliefs, right? Like no, they were pretty serious. So, so you were in like, you were, were like, knee, laughing, buddy. laughing, you were in knee deep in, <laughs> well, I, I was thinking more about like you, they effectively like abandon their possessions, right? To like follow. Oh, yes. thing. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. So I kind of glossed over that part. I wasn't sure how, how, how much of my life we wanted to touch I on. I think
2: it's so yeah, interesting. So like, <laughs> like the more, the more serious, like, so a lot yeah, of we our guests, there. like the, like the the cases that our parents weren't that serious about it and we really were but you were like homeschooled and your parents were super serious and so I'm interested in what what that was like for you and Mm. what it was like for your family
3: you know it's interesting so yeah my parents definitely were very serious into it even within that though I think I still took it more seriously than they meant for me to sure um in large part because they joined as adults. I was raised in it as a child. I literally didn't know any different. Right. And also, I tend to be a very literal person, um, which I'm really trying to appreciate metaphor and symbolism and connect with people in more abstract ways, but my brain just works off of a very... Um, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no to sure. use a Bible verse, which mm-hmm. I always thought was really ironic coming from Jesus, I think it was, because he spoke he, in so many confusing metaphors. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah,
2: yeah. Jesus. absolutely. You know, motherfucker yeah. lied.
1: <laughs> he was like, oh, I'll be back while you guys are still alive. Oh, psych, I'm God. I can't tell the difference between one year or a thousand years. <laughs> Give me a break.
3: So <laughs> Jesus, I thought was so confusing. Um, yeah. But still do. still think it's even more confusing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Character of Jesus. But anyway, yeah. My parents took it very seriously. My parents um, were kind of minorities within a minority is how I always end Mm. up describing them because they were this weird mix of um, traditional, conservative, and yet extremely radical. Like Not many people, even within their own uh, charismatic or vineyard, non-denominational communities necessarily understood or supported um, a lot of things my parents did, whether it was the way they ran their youth group or their home group, or eventually their decision to Follow what they felt was a calling from God to sell all of our possessions, including our home, most mm. of our sh- be- furniture and belongings. We kept a few sentimental items in a storage unit. Um, and basically, uh, my dad felt like God called him to surrender worldly employment in exchange for heavenly provision. Okay. Um, oh, and wow. What this- actually meant was that we lived in campgrounds and in the homes of random people, um, sometimes friends and family that we knew, but uh, sometimes we would literally just meet people in a campground who would be like, God put it on my heart to ask you guys to, if you wanted to come stay with me and my family in this city state. Yeah. And we, that was obviously an wow. open door. Um, and so it, we house hopped a lot um, with people that we both knew and didn't know. Um, and, Technically, we were homeless, although hmm. we never like, slept in a homeless shelter or begged on the street. My family's kind of homeless was still within, uh, it was like part backwoods, rustic camping. Sure. <laughs> where we shower for weeks at a time. Yeah. Um, just couch crashing, basically. Wow. wow. Um, on the kindness and generosity of people who, um, some would call it god some probably the more secular ones in retrospect would would consider it just their own kindness um, Humanism, and because, yeah. I'm the oldest of five kids and we were all homeschooled. So that in some ways made it easier. We weren't switching schools, but it also made it harder. Um, I still feel like I could relate to kids who are like, oh, I had to switch schools because even though I was homeschooled, I had to switch churches and that's rough. Mm, yeah, I don't yeah. really like to switch schools, but switching youth groups is rough. And is. I switched youth groups a bunch of times. And, yeah. and I definitely can relate to like the new girl feeling always, just always mm. feeling like a new girl. And eventually um, when I was This my parents um, sold everything, and when I was thirteen, and it wasn't until I was about fifteen that we settled down in Kansas City. And my dad got worldly employment again, and um, we sort of looked like we were settling down. And then we moved to Colorado like a year later. (laughs) So, and then I moved to LA. Wow. Okay. Or Colorado, but that's getting ahead. Anyway, sure. yeah, my parents alert. put their faith super, super seriously. Um, They've really lived out whatever they felt was in their hearts, um, despite what it looked like to other people's eyes, including other Christians' eyes. Um, and um, they—that's you know, even though it was an extremely difficult time for me, right? Um, I to this day admire my parents for being just so sticking true to their own guns sure. and just hmm. you know, like there's a lot of things that. A lot of conversations that we've had um, as adults now where we've been able to, like, I've been able to understand a little bit more than what they would tell me at the time,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, which I think for me has helped me uh, ultimately feel a lot more connected to them, yeah. um, a little mm-hmm. more sympathetic to them, even though, um, obviously, I'm, I'm making very different choices as an adult than right. they made, but... Mm, yeah, it's it's definitely a trip to look back on.
2: <laughs> I feel like not a lot of people's parents can, like, offer a, f- like, functional explanation for why anything was the way it was. I mean, I guess, like, a lot of them still believe the same things that they did when we were growing up and we were going through all this shit. Um, but, man, it would be nice to just, like, for my one of my parents to be, like... Oh yeah, let me explain why I was like <laughs> super fundamentalist, or my for my mom, like why I was, you know, s- super charismatic and like, you know,
3: mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
2: Anyway, yeah, sort of self awareness doesn't um, occur very often. Not in no. Mm-hmm. boomers, man. Boomers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Colorado, you get you you start getting the purity culture purity culture shit.
0: You, okay, so you're like covering all the
2: religious trauma bases. Like you've got like really weird spiritual shit. You've got rapture anxiety from IHOP. You've got spiritual <laughs> warfare fear. You have, and then you you get launched into purity culture. On top of that, like instability and homelessness. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! You had you covered the whole gambit.
3: I yeah, <laughs> it feel it feels like it. Um, I certainly know other people had it. Far worse. Not that it's a trauma competition, but right, like um, you know, but still, I, I definitely, I I've had my share as much as anyone has. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado. I had just turned fifteen when we moved there, so that's like, I think I would have been a freshman had I gone to school. <laughs> um, that was the other thing. I never knew what to answer. People were like, "What grade are you in?" Because I would just be not knowing I was coming off as total Hermione Granger type smarty pants, just be like, well, I'm 11th grade reading, but I'm only eighth grade math, but then I'm 10th grade this. And I was just always such a mix. So, um, when I was, (laughs) I, I divide my life, um, into chapters based on location, not grade. Um, so Colorado, uh, we plugged into a church right away, um, another Vineyard-style connection, and the I was very involved in the youth group there. It was the only outlet I had to make friends. Um, and uh, not at that church, but at another church, somehow, is where I attended this purity conference called When God Writes Your Love Story by Eric and Leslie Ludy. Yeah, this um, sounds really familiar. There, it's not that different from the Joshua Harris "I Kiss Dating okay. Goodbye" style mm. courtship, um, letting God write your love story, right. uh, and it talks a lot about the same things as courtship about um, don't date, don't encourage lustful thoughts, guard your eyes, guard your thoughts, um, and trust that God has a spouse for you that He is going to reveal. In his time, and he's mm-hmm. going to confirm his mm-hmm. will through the spiritual elders that he's placed in your life. Whether Ooh. those elders are your biological parents, your youth pastors—I know, shudder—but <laughs> um, oh, yeah. but, uh, but uh, yeah. So it, this that teaching of how courtship and my love life was to go was just reiterated over and over and over. My dad gave me "I Kissed and Goodbye" when I was 11. Jesus, um, wow. That I was—I I think it was like right before I turned twelve. That that book came out. Mm. Um, So 11 or 12, my dad gave it to me. And at 15 in Colorado, it was just reemphasized again. And so I, I, bought it hook line and sinker and I was I was such a hopeless romantic and I had such a fanciful imagination and I was like, Man, God's promising that if I'm faithful to him and to my future husband, he's gonna reward me with a love story even beyond what my romantic imagination can conjure wow. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
2: yeah. I was
3: like this okay, Shit. okay, this is gonna be pretty great. And it was hard. Like I I struggled with crushes. Um I struggled those I,
2: crushes. <laughs> God damn it, yeah, man. Yeah, that, no, never, that's true.
3: I never did though i never held hands with a boy i I certainly never kissed a boy. i never got close on a slippery slope or anything like that because i was i was just super devoted and Mm. i would write my future letter my future husband letters (gasps) Um, yeah same i
1: had a i had a notebook that i started (laughs) when i was i think 14 and i kept writing letters to my future wife up until whenever i got married to her and i gave it to her
3: that's why I'm it your it. It's in
1: my basement, I think. I just haven't gotten rid of it yet.
3: <laughs> <sighs> oh, oh, dear. You can give it to yeah.
1: your
2: next spouse, Brady.
1: To my uh, like, I'm gay, <laughs> bitch. What am I gonna give my I... gay,
2: gay atheist? I wrote yeah. these for you.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey, dick. I don't know why I want to call dick.
3: Did you write it like dear future wife?
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a good time also to mention that I'm attractive and I'm single listeners. So, just so <laughs> I, I continue on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
2: so how, how did that, uh, <laughs> I'm guessing you eventually found your, your Jesus appointed Prince charming, <laughs> felt deeply in love you. He swept you <laughs> off your feet. You moved to Hawaii, you watched the sunset, you wept at your wedding, your vows were 10 Ugh. minutes long each.
3: We had our first kiss and it was perfect in front of everyone. Yeah, you, f-
2: actually, you literally floated off of the ground when you kissed <laughs> and that lasted for like two months. No.
3: Yeah. Go. No.
2: <laughs> and then you started <laughs> Man, hysterically I, I laughing
3: really for three days day straight. <laughs> No, instead, what happened was God opened the doors for me to move to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career, which totally came out of left field, because I was going to nursing school, preparing to enter the mission field. What? And uh, yeah, so being homeschooled, I got my GED at 16. I started community college right away. I'm not smart. Uh, It's just, (laughs) this is what you do when you're homeschooled. No, you're absolutely right. I was (laughs) a
2: grade ahead at this college prep school. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
3: you know, like I, I always feel like I have to say that, otherwise I feel like I just come off like a like a I don't know, Smarty Pants douche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, I, anyway, um, yeah, so I'd been being scouted for uh by talent agencies pretty much throughout while I was a teenager from Kansas City and Colorado, just people trying to get me in front of the cameras. And um I started modeling in Denver thinking it was a door God was opening to provide money for me to join YWAM. And, uh, oh do, like, my God!
2: Man, you're about to, to <laughs> you're about to triple down on that religious. I was trauma. so
3: deep in it, guys. I really <laughs> was. I was so deep in it. Um For those who don't know, YWAM is Youth with a Mission, probably the biggest corporate missionary organization that there is. Glenn yep. yeah. McClung um, ended up being the senior pastor of Metro Christian Fellowship in Kansas City right. when Mike okay, Bickle okay. IHOP stepped out. So YWAM, yeah. IHOP, all of this, this is where I come from. It's one big circle um, jerk.
1: We've had Corey it's one big on the show, charismatic who came circle from. Jerk. from <laughs> yeah, uh, Corey Pig has been on the show before, and he came from a YWAM background
2: as well. And has a podcast and, about it called Failed Missionary. Failed
1: Missionary. Oh my gosh, so that good. YWAM sounds
2: like a nightmare.
1: Yeah, dude, anyway. I I'm so that grateful
3: that I did not end up joining. Yeah. Um I was saving for it though. I was planning to use my modeling money to do my DTS in Perth, Australia. Uh, it was like the DTS is like the nine month, What was oh, nine yeah. months? Oh, yeah. But yeah, and then I was thinking maybe I'll stay with YWAM or I'll join Mercy Ships, um, like Doctors Without Borders, but Christian mm. and at sea. Um, so that was my plan. Um, and then at my modeling agency, they said that some talent manager from L.A. wanted to meet me. Long story short, again, I thought it was a door God was opening. So I, I moved to L.A., it was supposed to just be a pilot season, was never supposed to book anything or actually go anywhere, but I did and that same year, I was seven. I turned seventeen a month after I moved to LA.
1: Oh my God!
3: Um, I was young, yeah. And my family, my my mom and my siblings. Um, shout out to you guys. You guys were so patient. Uh, they stayed with me for the first couple months till I got. It looked like I was going to stay, and then I found a roommate from an acting class. They went back to Colorado, and now I'm on my own in LA at seventeen years old. Which to me didn't seem that scary at the time because I'm used to moving around and I'm always new anyway. And it just seemed like another. God adventure. Um, and uh, a guy from my youth group in Colorado moved out to L.A. like around the same time as me, which, you know, nothing is coincidence in God land. So we right. Right, right. became really, really good friends. And then one day out of the blue uh, or so it felt to me, he announced that God had shown him that I was his future wife.
2: Oh, how convenient.
3: And, oh, no. Yeah. And, oh, no, <laughs> I did not have romantic feelings for this guy. Um, he was a dear friend, but the big glorious romance that God had promised me that I was so faithful for and denied all my crushes for. Yeah. Um, and that the reveal that it was this guy that I cared about very much but didn't feel that way about was probably to this day one of the biggest mind-fucking betrayals I've ever gone yeah, through Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. because I couldn't be angry with God uh, but I felt so in the, in the secret corners of my heart I just felt so tricked and betrayed I remember mm. journaling um, God I feel like you tricked me and feeling so ashamed that I almost scribbled it out because God doesn't mm. trick or play games too um Did and that so, moment when
2: you can I just when that moment yeah, when yeah, you yeah. write something in your journal that's like angry at God and you're like I'm fuck. I'm going to leave that. Yes! You know?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what reminds me of, we mentioned You're saved her. Like, take Earth.
2: that, it's in writing, buddy. Or in <laughs> saved,
1: or like we mentioned saved earlier, where she finally oh. yells to oh, yeah, God, yeah. and it is just kind of like, yeah, you can't take that back anymore. That's been said. Yeah. You know, that's like a, that's yeah. a threshold.
3: Well, I think more than anything, I was just afraid someone might see it. I don't know who I thought might see it, but I already knew God knew that was in my heart, so I couldn't. I, there's no point scribbling it out for God. <laughs> right, right, I just, right, right. it was just this autopilot reflex of like, yeah. I can't be angry with God. Like, like, but yeah, I'm going to leave it there. And who am I worried about finding it now? Like my siblings aren't around anymore. They're back in Colorado. Sure. So I don't know. Like I, I, um,
1: Adam it, and Eve would have taped a, a leaf on it.
3: Huh?
1: Adam and Adam and Eve would have taped Ruby. a leaf on it.
3: Yes. Oh, that was funny. Oh, I'm no sorry. More. Was that not
1: <laughs> enough? Maybe, a, maybe a slice of meat. <laughs>
2: Oh my God, Brady! All right, you're off this segment. (laughs) You can come back. You can come back on the next segment.
1: (laughs) Okay, bye, (laughs) listeners.
3: Oh, um, yeah. So I, I didn't. I went along with it though. Um, I totally played along with it. I straight up lied to my friend saying I was so happy that it was him, Mm. Uh, and I, I went along with it for two months um he like called my dad and asked for my hand and everything and my dad gave it and here's the real clincher my dad said that he also heard from god that i was going to marry this guy oh, and the guy's man. Mom said that he had heard from god uh, so there's oh. the external affirmation from my spiritual elders so clearly i'm the only one not hearing from god but i never did well everyone else in the toronto blessing right. is receiving vision and getting prophecies and hearing from God, I never did. I Like I said, hmm. I just faked it. So, this was just another thing I faked. I faked a very happy betrothal, um, but I didn't fake it very well because my mom could tell I was not stoked, and um, kind of, she was the one who pulled me aside and was like, you don't have to marry him. Uh, and I thought the devil was just using her to God, give me yeah, what my um, flesh wanted because my mom had right. stopped going to church by that point.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
3: In my mind, she had kind of, like, I wasn't going to church either by an excuse. I was new to L.A., and I didn't know if I'd stay, and I didn't want to plug in only to, like, pull out. So uh, I couldn't, I don't know. It was was, um, one of the most difficult times Mm. of my life, uh, wavering over whether or not to go through with this marriage um, and decided not to. And I still feel shaky with fear inside when I remember telling him, like, That I that I was calling it off, that's and I wasn't so, going to marry him. It was not just disobeying God's will for my life; I was directly affecting God's will for His life. Oh, so yeah, I yeah. felt that was double punishment. Um, but of course, I was taught God doesn't punish; He just allows consequences if you don't obey Him. Sure. So oh, God, Did you think
2: <laughs> allows consequences. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so much worse. I'd rather it be like, yeah. I'm punishing you. Yeah, it's right? like
1: the I'm disappointed in you. I'm going to allow this consequence.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: I relate yeah, with like- what you're saying about the wedding. I called, uh, I had, I was engaged to someone before I got married and, uh, ended up calling it off like, because of a conviction, because somebody showed me verses in the Bible of what it says about remarriage after divorce. And oh, I was like, really yeah, that was like about a whole last thing. You, yeah. And so I remember it, that that was a big deal in my life. And, um, I remember even after calling it off, like I had nightmares of having to relive that and I'd wake mm. up thinking, Oh my God, oh. I still have to call off the wedding. I don't want to have to do this but I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I realized, no, Oof. it's been done already. Like, and it was hard. It was hard, mm-hmm. but she ended up coming back and saying that she respected me for sticking to my guns. And then also whenever I did get married, my church really pressured us to, to get together, like to get married, etc. Cause I came from a very like family pushy church and it was kind of the same High pressure stuff that you're talking about And one family did have The self-awareness to come back and Apologize to me of how much They pressured me to be in a relationship With my ex-wife who ended up cheating on me And I and I kind of re- I do respect that Even though the people lost my respect immediately After but There we go it lasted for a few minutes Ding dong with that said uh, w- With my long rant uh, We do need to take a break <laughs> Am I right guys <clears throat> Because of my long thing. Anyway, we will be right back, <laughs> right after this. <laughs> okay, Chuck, are you ready? Have we only have one shot? We got to make this work.
2: Uh, wait, you didn't give just just, me just
1: read in- your lines. Uh, I'll give you the paper. Okay, okay.
2: okay. Psst, are you guys ready? Are you ready? Are we- All right. Ah, oh, uh, um, are you ready to kid? What the, what the hell? Where did all this come from?
1: <laughs> Deconstructing your faith you used to be lonely and boring as hell. Wait, wait, wait. But no one must wait. deconstruct their faith alone ever again when you <laughs> um, deconstruct
0: with friends.
1: Um, Chuck, tell them what we mean. Um,
2: yeah, that's, that's right, Brady. Yeah. Uh, the life after has uh, uh, a... <laughs>
1: Hell, Brady. Uh, I went full on Jamunji on this one. Keep going. He's a
2: renter oh, by the, hour. the The Life After Podcast has a secret Facebook community and Slack channel <laughs> yeah. for people deconstructing the, the uh, Christian fundamentalism and other oppressive religions. Uh, meet new people and, and, elephants. Uh, and deconstruct with, with friends.
1: <laughs> nice job, Chuck. You even got the echo.
2: Uh, thanks. Uh, that was kind of cool, I guess. Oh, God, he's touching me with his trunk.
1: You can apply for the secret group on our our Facebook by answering three entrance questions. Your membership is hidden, and the admins keep the room constructive and helpful.
2: Now, can we get this elephant out of here?
1: Nope, probably not, but we can. Deconstruct
2: with
0: friends!
1: welcome back to the life after we are, here with, back to the after. We are here with
2: alice gretchen are we saying that
1: correctly
3: you guys are i that made gretchen. me so
2: <laughs> before
1: before we brought you on we got on to google and we
2: googled, googled it and pronunciation and um and we got a nice uh polish man going gretchen yeah he was.
0: <laughs> he
1: was kind of robotic <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's all right. Uh, How did the
1: other one say it? There was two. One was like...
2: Gretchen. Gretchen. Yeah, one was One was like, Gretchen. And the other one was like, Gretchen.
1: Yeah, one sounded like a Bond villain. One sounded like... (laughs) Just a person trying to talk. Yeah, anyway. Speaking
2: of rabbit trails and journeys and pots of gold and... uh, Mixed metaphors.
1: Yeah, where do we leave off? We're in L.A. with you right now, correct? LA. We're
3: in L.A. I finally break up um, with the guy that I was supposed to marry, yeah. even though I felt like we were never really together because I was never in love with him. Right. But I was going to marry him. Um, his Can... dad was like going to plan our engagement party. It was Ew. intense. It was all moving very quick.
2: There is this thing in Christian culture where it's like a man feels completely comfortable going up to a, a woman and saying, you will be my wife (laughs) like it's not that uncommon i have several female friends that grew up in church that had that experience where it was just like a dude just one day told them that they were going to get married and how they respond to that varies depending a lot on the person but it's just like that shit is so weird man and you there was so much social pressure for you to go along with that
3: yeah. Um and, and also it- this guy is not the only guy. There were two others that told me the same.
2: Oh, okay. Well there you go. Thing. So
3: apparently God's plan for me was to like be polygynous. I don't know <laughs> if that's the right term. But <laughs> po- <polygamous, laughs> Or just to be polygamous. a multiple divorce
2: Yeah. <laughs> right,
3: um, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this guy was the first. I was seventeen. And well no, he wasn't even the first, but the other guy was a little batshit, so I didn't even count him. I just thought he was – I thought he was doing it um, to take advantage of me. I didn't think Mm, he really meant it. mm -hmm, But the guy mm -hmm. that I was betrothed to, I think he really meant it because I think his heart was totally sincere. I don't think – to this day, like, I always defend him because I think a lot of people think that he just had his own ulterior motives and hid behind God. I think he genuinely believed this, guys. I just yeah. do. Um I mean, I definitely believe well, that God but... told me who
2: I would marry, for sure. I mean, I didn't take that same approach of just telling them, but that's how I felt for, like, two years before...
1: But I mean, it makes sense. We've talked about it with like, you know, Derek Webb and everything that our intuition is the voice of God to us, you know, and that's how we read it Yeah, when that's how we frame it. So (laughs) yeah, if you're really attracted to someone and... I may say so myself you're very attractive Alice then it's like you know if somebody has that in in their minds and they think they're owed and
2: you've you've like crammed all of your sexual feelings way deep down into your self conscious or your subconscious you know and who
1: was it like Abraham or something you know some of the patriarchs it's like yeah he found a hot chick and he married the bitch it's like how the bible reads like it's such a superficial (laughs) thing or like
2: like, I just realized the other day that 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 abraham more or less pimped out sarah when they arrived yeah i did not realize that shit anyway that's a total sidetrack so and i just wanted to point out and like especially in charismatic circles it's like way more common for like that like somebody to be like you should date this person and then a bunch of people (laughs) are like oh i feel the vibes of that and yes you guys should date and then with young people they're just like and (laughs) you two will go together and these two will yeah. go together oh, and yeah. it's just like it always turns into a complete disaster because you can't fucking do that to people. But it's like it's the really first common. scene of
1: Mulan <laughs> just on repeat. Right. Gosh, there's yeah. other chapters to this D V D.
3: Yeah. Without so a Shudder movie moment or because it's not a TV show, but uh, some indie theater where I live ke- was celebrating the return to the big screen of Fiddler on the Roof,
0: oh, yeah, and just the, the, the trailer Javita.
3: alone had me doing like the shudder. Oh, where, yeah, yeah. where, t- where the guy is singing as if I was a yeah, yeah, I, yeah, don't yeah, yeah, I don't know the song. Oh, I don't want to remember the song. I hated I hated that movie it, so much because I thought he just hated women so much, and uh-huh. like women were just the bane of his existence. And he was an I early thought it was incel. just like. Yeah, you know, he's just trying to like have the matchmaker marry off his his daughters because the poor man only had daughters. Uh, but yeah, uh, poor guy. anyway, anyway, yeah, judo, Judeo Christianity, heavy on the patriarchy, heavy on the male uh, authoritarianship of the household. Um, and I didn't even bat an eyelash when he told me, basically, because, of course, God would tell me through the dude and not mm, me. Sure. <laughs> I yeah, thought it was just yeah, the beginning yeah. of me learning to submit to my husband's authority Ooh. instead of oh, my father's. So that's that's just how I, that's what the framework that I was raised in taught me to, primed me to look at it that yeah. way. So, um, so yeah, I, I broke up with him the following three years. Uh, well, before I go there, let me just say that when I broke up with him, I didn't know it at the time, but I was also beginning to break up with God, um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that for me was the beginning of the end. That was when I would now use the term, start to deconstruct. I still had no intention of not being a Christian at that point. I just wasn't going to be the charismatic evangelical sort anymore. Yeah. I stayed in LA. I looked at more liberal LA style churches. um, which I hated <laughs> yeah. and for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I really was trying, I, as my friendship circle grew in LA, I had a lot of friends who were gay uh, friends who were bi, and um, friends who were Scientologists friends who w- were Buddhist. And so I just found it harder and harder to believe that these wonderful people who are nothing but love to me would go to hell. Yeah. And, Slowly it just my faith just started eroding, eroding, eroding until eventually um I I gave God a test. I broke all the like the biggest rule I think of the Bible is like do not test the Lord your God. And I tested the Lord my God and he failed.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> surprise, and surprise.
3: So, yeah. And so that was it. And I remember it feeling really kind of anticlimactic. Um, being like, oh, like, But it was instant. I could never go back. The instant I stopped believing, I knew somewhere in me I could never go back to belief again. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you know, my life is mm-hmm. still left to be lived. Maybe I'll change. I don't, I've don't. changed in ways I would have never foreseen. So I'm not going to set myself up right here, right now, saying that I may not change again. But it's been 12 years since. Yeah. And since I became an atheist, not because I wanted to be an atheist and not because I didn't look at other spiritual paths either. I looked into... All the different religions and all the different non-religions, including like, I I think of it as like LA spirituality, spirituality, which involves like crystals and tarot cards and past life therapists. And like, it's a very woo-woo sort of put it in the universe manifest sort of brand Mm. of spirituality that to me just still required faith. Mm. And Mm. to me, faith was the common denominator that they all had that got me into all the pain I'd ever known. Mm-hmm. So up until that point, of course there's pain in the secular. And as you, well, but you always most felt of my-
2: like you were faking it though, right? I mean like you, you yeah, never really experienced never real what people talk about when they say, you know, they no. got, they got faith or something like that. Yeah.
3: No, no. I mean, I, so I don't want to say it wasn't real to be because it was, I believed it. It was real in that sense, but I never experienced it. <sighs> mm-hmm. Um, I would mimic the experience of it because I never wanted anyone to know that there was something wrong with me, that mm-hmm. God was leaving me out. Mm-hmm. When I did all the things right, I was such a conscientious kid that I i don't know what more I could have done right. right. <laughs> and still, God didn't reward me with his touch or the manifestations of his touch. Right. So um, and people tried to tell me, oh, it's because you're expecting to hear or feel God a certain way. You need to be open to letting him touch you or speak to you how he chooses to. Uh, that, a, a way to, uh, yet again, blame it on the person. It's yeah. not the ideology, yeah. it's not the faith, it's the fact that you're a sinner and there's something wrong with you if yeah. you're not hearing it. And so I am so done with that yeah. mentality.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, again, it exists outside of faith. I don't mean to say this is only in faith circles. But uh, yeah, after after I became an atheist, I had a hell of a lot of fun for about two months. It uh-huh. was, crazy. And then I came crashing down into right. what I now religious trauma syndrome yeah um at the time i was on medication and in therapy for panic attacks and suicidal ideation wow. and like self-destruction um like harming myself yeah. and uh falling apart wanted to die th- because life had zero meaning mm-hmm. anymore uh, girl when you're told your whole life's purpose
0: mm-hmm. is yeah. to
3: live for god and god doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. what the fuck is your life purpose right um I didn't, I didn't know that life just for its own sake could be purpose enough.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, So it's, and maybe, and it's not sometimes to be honest, but I find ways, I found that uh, I've, in coming out of it where I'm at now is I feel like I'm really enjoying the freedom to choose as much as I can. I don't Mm. think we have a choice about a lot of things, including how we feel or what we believe. It's not my experience that faith or not faith is a choice Mm -hmm. anymore. Depression or happiness is a choice. If it is, no one will be depressed. Um, so I, I think for me, my journey through all that, um, it was rough for a few years uh, with the therapy, with the processing there. I was not part of uh, one of my triggers was communities and groups. Right. Yes, yes. A whole online existence of Very other people common, yeah. who were in my same boat. And but even if I had known about. Like, even if ex-evangelical had been a thing back then, sure. I wouldn't have gone anywhere near it. Um, I was so leery of groups of, um, I still am to this day, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that I'm taking baby steps into now. Yeah. Um, I started going to an acting, I couldn't even go to acting classes, because talk mm. about group mentality, they're mm-hmm. so fucking weird. Um, but I found one that I like, and I've been taking, <laughs> Zip, zap, of, i <laughs> it gets weird. shows it's up, um, yeah. But like it's it's uh I, I feel like I there's part of me that still very much does not want to um, run the risk of getting swept into group mentality mm, again. Yeah, and yeah. part of me that is knowing and understanding, okay, but I'm I'm a sapien. I belong with other sapiens right. and I they people not all people are safe for me, but certainly there's there's something to be said for the value of community and, yeah. and maybe Maybe it's part of the reason why I've uh, maybe I've been alienating myself too much, and hmm. maybe I could integrate more. So it's trying to integrate and build community wisely,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and uh, not. Yeah. I feel like I'm just beginning to do that now. Not so much from a place of like panic, fear, but th- to be honest, there is still a little bit of fear. But I'm trying to
1: big difference
3: look at it more like wisdom and and still just try to be open to it
2: there's a it feels
3: scary it's
2: really i mean that's really 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 common right because you know our trauma is literally associated way. with no 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 not in a minimizing way at all no i mean in a validating way if yeah, anything. yeah um like yeah it, it, like so much of our trauma is surrounding just things that happened while we were in a big group of people or times you were n- manipulated by a big group of people. And I think that, f- like, finding... So, uh, with our show and with, the like, the, the, our community, online community and stuff like that, a big thing that we try to emphasize is, is that... Is, like, finding m- healthy means to heal your trauma without, mm. like... D- without, like, diving so deep into it that you're, like, lost, right? So mm-hmm. it's finding a syst- like a system that works for you for, like, a community meets these check marks of, like, there isn't, like, a, a, a charismatic leader that's claiming any particular, you know, beliefs or trying to get you to adhere to a certain system or things like that, or, like, uh, that, you know, there isn't anything super unusual about the practice of the group and the way that they go about things you know i mean it's like you you can find criteria that you can follow or that sorry how do i say this you can find criteria that a group fits that is comfortable for you but it takes time to parse out what those criteria are for you particularly yeah yeah that makes sense right
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like how you said that and it wasn't hard for me too because whenever I was coming out there was like a group of like uh, queer people that here in St. Louis like every week have like a potluck and I went to it once and it was hard because like my son was still really young and so like I had like this weird thing from my old church of making sure that my son was perfectly well behaved because that was the expectation and it was like a weird thing that my mind was still being a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. for but in that in that environment of just being inside of a people's house and having a whole bunch of like people shoved in there um it was really triggering for me. It was hard. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people experience it too. If they go to like an ethical society, like the Mm -hmm. ethical society, St. Louis,
2: um, or like a Unitarian nomination or something. Yeah.
1: Those are hard for people because they, they very much reflect and feel like what we, what we came from and what we need to run from. Um, But Mm -hmm. I like what you said about taking those baby steps of knowing, okay, in some environments, you have to tell your brain this, right? In some mm-hmm. environments, it's gonna look like shit. It's gonna look like danger, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be that danger. Mm-hmm. In fact, I need to remind my brain that the um, there's healing, in some of these environments sometimes and so we have to kind of remind our our, our cognitive side hey these are the mm-hmm. things that you need to actually be looking out for here are things that are going to be safe for us but you have to ease back into it because we're fragile little animals yep. you know
3: yes <laughs> yes and afraid of of um for me, I'm afraid of my own gullibility. I'm afraid mm-hmm. I was duped so many times, you know, and so I know I'm susceptible to um, believing the best about people and glossing over red flags Girl, and yes. ignoring my my uh, my instincts mm-hmm. and I think um, I think giving myself permission to a listen to myself, yes. acknowledge those instincts, mm-hmm. and also strengthen the muscle of being able to know, okay, is this instinct coming from like a fear ch- panic triggered place or is it coming from like a, yeah, this just isn't for me, Right. you know, yeah. like, right. you know, where it's a more calm, it's not loaded with like the energy of, of like panic and fear. It's just a, either just distaste or just doesn't gel or whatever it is, you know, it feels a little more calm. And so that's kind of how I, in my own mind sort of suss out what's, um, uh, at least not super threatening mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baby steps, yeah. baby steps, you know, because I think early on I definitely plunged into things because mm-hmm. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. But now I think I'm a lot more cautious. Mm-hmm. I got too far on the cautious end where I just didn't try anything. I avoided everyone and no one was to be trusted and all that. Um, and now I'm trying to move back into a, a, what I hope will be... Um, just a more truthful mm-hmm. um, and curious ground mm-hmm. um, moving forward in life, not staying isolated and stuck in one sure. place.
2: And it, it's it's all, like, the whole point is that it's a work in progress, and it's just it just takes time, and, like, there's no timeline yeah. for it. There's no... Reason to really like you need to push yourself, but you don't need to like really push yourself It's not like it's yeah. not like Christianity where there was it was like here's the ideal and here's where you are And the faster you can get from here to here the better, you know, it's mm. like yeah Here's you know, like like just take a step when you feel comfortable doing it, right? So yeah, I wanted to ask you about um, you so I, I read a bunch of your of your blog entries on your website and I really liked a lot of what you had to say. So you uh, talk pretty openly at this point about being an atheist, but it wasn't always the case, right? It took you a while to get right. to a point where you were comfortable talking about that. Like, how did, w- Can you comment on that a little bit?
3: Yes. So um, close friends and family have known I'm an atheist for a number of years now. But I think, and I think I've, I've said this maybe in uh, one of the blogs, um, part of the reason why... I didn't use the word atheist was because uh it just seems so loaded um it's loaded with all of these associations to the new atheist movement which a lot of people are very offended and hurt by right and i understand that because a lot of aspects of that movement are very um mocking and belittling
2: condescending yeah Malady. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh, oh god tips <laughs> <laughs> fedora <laughs> But but, um, I and I think I might have said this on the Graceful Atheist podcast interview I did, but I do think that there is a time and place for that type of atheism, too, though. Um, I know it spoke to me. It validated me intensely when I needed it. So I view it. I view the Mm. different types of atheism like I view different types of Anything. Um, comedy is always the one that stands out to me because comedy is also very polarizing and offensive and condescending to many people. Mm. Mm-hmm. But there's a place for such comedy.
0: <laughs>
3: mm. um, <laughs> I, mean, I definitely I was very offended by certain types of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, with atheism, I think I when I started Dare to Doubt, Which was earlier this year. I want to say I got the idea at the end of January, um, end of January of this year. I didn't quite know what it was going to be or what it was going to turn into. I knew I knew I would blog on it, Um, and I realized that as I was putting it together and encouraging people to live in their truth and to acknowledge what was true for them and to. not uh, to to find the courage to even just ask themselves if something was true for them or not oh, and yeah. if it wasn't to give themselves permission to let it go i realized that i need to um and this is going to sound so youth group of me, but I need to live that example myself. Um, yeah. Because i who am I encouraging people to live in their truth if I'm not living in mine? So it was, it was partly a challenge to myself um, that I wanted to come out as an atheist. I never denied it. If someone straight up asked me, are you an atheist? I would say yes. But to be out about it um, felt loaded for several reasons. One, I was very reluctant to label myself as anything again because Mm -hmm. I felt, I feel, and I still feel in this way, I feel like labels often inhibit our self-permission to grow and change, or I know they do for me because once I brand myself as something, I feel like I'm going to fall off a pedestal of my own naming if Mm -hmm. I deviate from that. Um, so that was one reason I was I was nervous about it. Employment, to be frank. Um, I was worried if I come out as an atheist, I won't be as bookable as an actor. Yeah.
0: Um, mm-hmm. because
3: I won't appeal to as many masses. Um and uh also did you know it's harder to adopt a kid if you're an out atheist. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I just found it doesn't surprise me, but at the same time it's like, oh, yeah. another atheist girl. I know you, <laughs> you know, know a
1: guy, guy. <laughs> i'm just kidding no man. all right <laughs> the black market is bike
3: um <laughs> but yeah i decided i decided to come out because i wanted to live in my own truth mm. i wanted to help encourage other atheists to live in their own truth and also there's not a lot of women in particular or people identifying mm. as women who will be an open atheist and i think it's in large part because there are for some reason, I would love to analyze this data more. There don't seem to be as many female non-believers. Females seem more prone to whether it's the God gene or some some sort of neurological wiring. Um, most most females tend to have more of an openness to faith than mm. some some males do. I don't know what that is. Please don't quote me on it, anybody. Um, it needs much more investigating. Uh, but I read that statistic and that was part of the reason I wanted to be like, no, but I'm here. Sure.
2: I'm here and yeah, I know yeah, other
3: yeah. women who are also atheists. So why is it so scary for us to come out? Why, why are women so marginalized within atheist communities as they express being, I've not gotten involved in any of the atheist communities. Cause again, I'm leery of just community period. Um, but I, and I don't really feel the need for it to be honest. Like I have so many close friendships in my life. I'm open to it baby steps but right now it's not it's not there um Mm. so i can't firsthand speak to what it's like to be a woman in the atheist community but from what i've heard it can feel very marginalizing and um as Mm. as any space yeah Um,
2: any any space especially (laughs) in the western world can feel particularly but also
3: something that's like
1: (laughs) logic based where the feel of it is well don't you see it dummy you know, oh, like yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of attitude, and I also think that like there there is some, some systemic issues too, where like having this sort of platform hasn't always been available to women, and so there hasn't been as many opportunities for space in that, and then so you are having to fight misogyny. So I don't know if it's all like chemical wiring, and you know, women having spaghetti brains while men have waffle brains. Oh
2: God! But
1: <laughs> I wonder, you know, like mm-hmm. how. All of those things kind of contribute together to kind of come work together to make a, a very complex ecosystem of messed upness, you know?
3: See, and honestly, I'm much more inclined to to agree with uh, your take on it, with that take that it's less a biological thing and more of um, just another symptom of social cultural conditioning, mm. where maybe maybe women don't feel as safe uh, voicing their thoughts, or they're not asked for their thoughts or beliefs.
0: Right. Right. It. Yeah.
3: Um, so it's I don't know. I think there's so many ways to analyze to analyze why there are not as many out female atheists as there are male, but, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely out there now. I'm living in my truth. It feels great. Um, I like to, I like to also, what I hope is, um, show a softer side of atheism. Um, I don't like, I don't like debates, really. Um, yeah, we don't really if either. If someone's trying to convert me, I will, debate, but, yeah, like, yeah, I will debate. But I am Yeah, all yeah, bring yeah. Out yeah say, okay, heart, same on that um, you one know if for they're sure. not being respectful, you know, like I, but, and I like debate from like um, a curious standpoint, but not, I don't, I don't, I, I would not like to be up on a stage with a Buddhist priest and debate about the existence of God. Sure, that sure, does not, sure. that's not yeah. my jam. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
3: but I, I think, I think, um, there are, I would, li- I've been thinking a lot lately about the type of public atheist that I, that I would like to be. Cause I know, and it's, it's really the private atheist that I am, but, um, finding my space in the online world has been challenging.
1: Weird, isn't um, it?
3: <laughs> huh?
1: It's weird, isn't it? It's,
3: it's very weird. It, it's, uh, I didn't know it was going to be so weird. Um, it's very loaded out there. Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised and honestly a little disappointed sometimes with how very loaded it is out there, especially um, yeah, finding my online space and what I want to contribute to the conversation, yes. uh, not just about atheism, but especially about atheism, deconstructing, leaving faith, just everything, you know, yeah. like, like there's, there's so many people saying so many important valuable things and anger is so needed and people definitely need to let it out and people definitely should feel free to express themselves. I feel fortunate in that I've, um, I definitely still get angry, but I feel fortunate that I feel like for me, the rockiest part of my deconstruction is, is hopefully through. (laughs) (laughs) At least I've been out of it for some years now and it's, it allows me to be a little, um, in a place of, uh, I'm so much more at peace with myself which I feel allows me to tweet more peacefully yeah there (laughs) you
1: go you're coming from a place (laughs)
2: of confidence there's a point where you really need to start figuring out how to let your anger go because it's like everybody's angry out of the box right like angry angry like I remember just like I, like the, for some reason specifically the memory comes to mind like one day i was like mowing my lawn or something and i was just like yeah what the fuck and i just like got my <laughs> my like note and like a notepad out and just started writing down all these stupid things about christianity you know and it's like it's so it's so good to like have those moments where you feel free just like yeah. saying like this was fucking stupid but like over time the goal needs to be to like let that anger go and like just put that all that energy into something new, you know. And God
1: ruined my twink years.
2: Yeah, I know. You had great. You would have been a killer twink, Brady. You would have been a great twink. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Little. this shit. You would have got you would have some weird ass stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Alice, um I really like so you you there's some commentary on your on your website from you about Like what it's like to be a Christian that knows the Bible really well. So we were both homeschooled. Brady was like really into it. We've both read the whole Bible. Or I mean we've all the three of us have all read the whole Bible. We know what's actually in there. Virtual High
3: Five. Virtual High
2: Five. Hell yeah. And there's like there like even even back when we were like you know growing up and reading and really serious about it we like really either didn't understand certain parts or like skimmed over them and now we like know it so well we can go back and be like wow this part was really fucked up but there are so many people that are christians and it's usually the ones that like approach you about you know why you don't believe anymore or like how they're praying for you or whatever, Mm. that just don't have any fucking idea what the Bible says. You know what I mean? And it drives me crazy. And it's, it's just any, anyway, like you, you just had some really good things to say about that. I mean,
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it, it boggles my mind why people would brand themselves with anything that they haven't read the literature of.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, whether it's a political thing or in this case a religion, right. uh, it's it's something that I've, I, like, I have friends who would identify as Christian or use the language of Christianity that have barely read their Bible. Yeah. And I've picked their brains being like, y- they're such a mystery to me. I'm like, "What? what is it with, like, how? It's like, I want to pry apart their mind and be like, <laughs> yeah. how do you, yeah, yeah. what, it, where, how, why? Yeah. This word Christian means something to so many people that it does not at all mean to you in fact you seem equally mystified by what it means to so many other people but isn't that just language though you know like all these all these words can mean something different to any for sure but so some of it's just semantics but i I feel like to align yourself with a religion to me and again me being just a very literal kid i take it so seriously it It sounds like we were all kids who took things very seriously and um I still take things seriously.
0: Absolutely.
3: Uh, I don't know how not to. And so when people don't, when they are like, oh, it's just, it's what it means to me. I'm like, okay, that's, that sounds very beautiful. But I'm still so confused. Yeah. 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 That's how I genuinely feel.
1: (laughs) Well, throughout this, like, well, speaking with you, and you talk about how you process your beliefs and your values, and how you just operate. It sounds remarkably familiar to my own internal thinking. Like, like I'm just listening to how you you process stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's exactly how my brain works too. That's how I process it. Like, (laughs) I get it. I get it. I get it.
3: Wait, what is your enneagram? You mentioned enneagram earlier. What are you guys?
1: I am a four point five, um, which yeah. means Ooh. that I have probably had a deep loss earlier in my life that has caused me to make creative things to try to fill that void. And the point five is that I like to have a collection of experts on a on a thing. So my four point five is that I've made a podcast to you know fulfill right. my void of right. losing God. Right. Like right. It's, it's kind of like right. you know an anagram is one of those things where it's like not getting your fortune told. It's you know yourself that when you read descriptions you're like yes that's me now you know, it's not about the lining of dates, which by the way, our birthdays are in the same month. I was born February 24th, 1986. I don't know. Oh, like,
3: that's funny. Your birthday so came I'm up So I'm like three your, weeks older than you, two, two
1: and a half, somewhere on February 6th. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it came up on your IMDb. Neither like, oh of us gosh. know if that makes you the same sign because we don't care. I'm a Pisces.
1: <laughs> is that what you are, the fish thing? But but the thing is like other ways are like, you know, here is the date you're born. Now here's your personality. And that's not, the, that's not helpful. Helpful. And I think like oh, sure, Myers yeah. Briggs and things like that, you know, some people are critical towards them, and I think that everybody has the right to be critical. But I think that there is an important yeah. distinction to make of
2: it's one it's is doing about obvious. yourself. One is yeah, one is saying here's a thing about you. Therefore, all the rest of this is true. Mm-hmm. And the, the yeah. like Enneagram and, and Myers Briggs are saying this is what's true about you. Therefore, you are this. which is way more helpful.
1: And you get like a little bit of like insight on your personality, which is most likely generalized going to be helpful for you to understand something that you may not understand. So it's a great way to way to learn about
2: yourself. Anyway, we were talking about the Bible though.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So taking (laughs) things very seriously. I know Chuck's trying so hard to keep us on on track. Um, (laughs) So yeah, the the Bible, yeah. What about the Bible? Uh, yeah,
2: so we were just t- uh, okay. So the point I was trying to drive home is that, like, there, okay, so many Christians. Then this frustrates me to know and don't actually know what they believe, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they think they they know what they believe personally. They just don't know what the system that they are perpetuating teaches. That's a good point, right? And there's yeah, and that that just frustrates me to know in, and, and I feel like. It makes it so easy to be in denial about the problems with it, Ooh, right? So yes. it's like, so it's like, you know, oh well, the you, you you take an average like mega church, you know, white person, right? And they're Ew. like, go, they're like, that's like forty something, and you you start talking to them about like Christianity and in sexuality, right? Ew. And it's like you can say. Like, you can say, like, the Bible says all of these insane things about sexuality, including, like, if your, you know, daughter gets raped, you have to, like, the the guy that raped her has to marry him, or has to marry her, and she has to marry him, and it's like, and it's like, it says that we should stone women to death if they're not virgins on their wedding day. Yeah, if they didn't cry for
3: help loudly enough while they were being raped.
2: Right, yes, exactly, (laughs) and, like. We should stone men to death for sleeping with other men and things like that. And it's like, because you don't, you've been taught to emphasize this set of verses and not give a shit about this set of verses you mm-hmm. you end up perpetuating this incredibly destructive system like unknowingly. And their response would be like, oh, well, there's grace. Oh, well, Jesus died for that. Oh, that's Old Testament. It doesn't count anymore. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, all of this shit. But it really doesn't work that way. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, if you really read the text, it's just uh, the excuses don't pan out, you know.
3: Definitely. I, so, I, I tend to agree with you. I think I think you can make the Bible, or any text, kind of say whatever you want it to say, but I there's so many verses emphasizing how God doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, and the God of the Old Testament, then, is therefore the same God as the New Testament. Um, and instead of demanding that we sa- make all these sacrifices, he's going to sacrifice his own son, is basically mm-hmm. the big thing that changed, mm-hmm. the difference between them. Um, I, yeah, I, so... I'll share with you how where my mind has gone to sort of try to make sense of what is so nonsensical to me, these Christians that don't read their Bible or, or know what they're supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of them as Christian-inspired. <laughs> That's like okay. the label yeah, that my yeah, mind yeah. had to come up with uh-huh. to... to um, to file them away so it's not this looming question mark driving like clouding our conversation in my mind and I don't think this is fair by the way it's totally it's probably not seeing them how they want to be seen maybe but it's um it's the only way my mind can let go of the frustration of like but but this doesn't make sense like what you're saying though isn't actually christian because it's a, like yeah 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 so so I think of it as I think there's probably I would call it a christian inspired movement Happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, based um, on an people, untrue story, based on an untrue story, <laughs>
2: yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, it so, took some liberties. It's like Pocahontas, Disney's Pocahontas yeah. version of Christianity. I don't,
1: that <laughs> exactly. wasn't accurate. No,
2: no, no, Brady, it wasn't. It was <laughs> not. She's accurate.
1: not just around exactly. Riverbend,
3: <laughs> she might have been I mean, around the Riverbend. <laughs> well, and even the Bible, the holy Bible that we're talking about one could argue, isn't accurate. It's highly edited. It's oh, yeah, not good. Yeah, it. yeah. It's so like many not even getting
2: out. into canon. So much right. lost.
3: No, no. So we, we're not even t- scratching that side yeah. of things. But it's like I would scratch it, and I have. And I've yeah, looked at yeah, it, yeah. it, and I've read <laughs> the nasty sure. text. So, like, I think it's um, – I, I, think, I think what I – like I said, the only way that I've found to sort of make peace with this confoundingness mm-hmm. is to just accept okay, there is a new spiritual movement stemming out of Christianity where they use the language of Christianity and it's inspired by Christianity. I don't know why they're rolling with it because, again, why would you want to associate with something that is so far from what you actually believe and live? Yeah. But okay, you're, you're, you're appropriating it shall we say sure. yes yes, yes. In, yeah, yeah. In a, a way, way that's it. a lot more accepting um or liberal or whatever you want it to be and why mm-hmm. do i have a problem with that probably because i was brought up in such an extreme version of it right
2: right well it empowers so, it empowers the more extreme versions of it because there are numbers of people that call themselves christians that Chuck, well, you're so
0: that's what it is
2: <laughs> it's the it's it empowers these these more yeah, and it's like, that's our beef with liberal Christianity on this show, and why we try to steer people away from it, is that, like, it ju- it's, I mean, there are a number of reasons that we have beef with, with liberal Christianity, <laughs> but one of them is that it empowers the more fundamentalist systems, because it's really, it's really hard to say, my liberal interpretation is right, and your conservative interpretation is wrong, it just ends in a, in a debate, or a yeah. standoff, and everybody just c- keeps their power, yeah. Okay,
1: I'm going to give a really quick example and I'm going to speak fast because I know that I uh, you know whatever but
2: okay You're let me go great, on the lady. record let me
1: go on the record we all of... want to know what you have to say oh thank you very yeah. much I appreciate that Chuck. let me go on the record of saying I don't proactively try to discourage people from love our Christian <laughs> okay all right, maybe that <laughs> next time. but the, the theme is that my son and I we were playing this video game that we have and it was a science trick like it was a science lesson that I tricked on him because it was a game <laughs> sucker but the theme of it was about so natural stupid. selection and what it had to do with was with butterflies and that some of the butterflies are known to be poisonous and so over the generations the butterflies that were Mm -hmm. adapting to look like the poisonous butterfly um, didn't get eaten as much Mm -hmm. because animals were trained not to eat that Mm -hmm. one and so Mm -hmm. it benefited from the toxicity of that and so knowing that we're not we're not butterflies we're choosing how our our beliefs evolve if we're Mm -hmm. going to be valuing beliefs over whatever and so that's how I kind of look at it now is you need to be self-aware right of like what you look like with your belief system and Mm. um, when there's nothing to verify it with when it's unverifiable admit that and treat Mm -hmm. other people knowing that mm-hmm. you can't verify what you're saying. Um, and so that needs to change your tone a little bit because I have a lot of people who are like maybe even progressive Christians that are very, very, very educated. Like you had mentioned people who don't mm-hmm. know it's in the Bible, but the people that I deal with are mostly people who know it's in the Bible, but have a different way of looking at it that is mm-hmm. going to reinforce what they're saying. And they're going to use these deep deal. Theo- oh, but if you look Look into this part into Latin and the Greek and and it's mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's just like another version of we're all gonna speak Latin.
2: Uh-huh. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but you all are going to yeah.
1: not know what we're talking about you're going to have to rely on us to, 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 to interpret explain. it for you yeah. and, and even then what you had mentioned before there's still an element of, of faith and I have yet to see any supernatural thing at all mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if I want to go by statistics because I'm a robotic person if I want to go by statistics and make the best decisions possible why don't I go with a thing that actually has a track record
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that is using logic and science and you know uh, mm-hmm. and, and empathy and uh what I've learned through professional therapy etc instead of just then closing my eyes and saying okay well I'm just going to read a script what well, mm-hmm. you can't do that with your eyes closed unless it's braille but you get the point like
3: <laughs> yeah anyway yeah, yeah yeah no I'm I'm with you yeah
2: so uh, you talked a little bit about, uh, well, okay, sorry. I should, I should qualify in one, in one of your blogs on your website, which everybody should go, uh, look at daretodoubt.org, right? Dot org.
3: Yes. Cool. Dot org. Very We're cool. dot org dare too. To
2: uh, you talked a little bit. I really, I really liked this and I'd never really thought about it before, but it's Ooh. totally true for me. It was that you, like your knowledge of the Bible helped you cope with your religious trauma through your deconstruction. <laughs>
3: Yes, about sex. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: For yes, sure. yes. No, I think the title of that blog was um, "Jesus never said don't have sex."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, because yeah, no, it was crazy to me. Like after I, after I, I couldn't sustain my beliefs anymore and found myself an atheist. One thing that still tripped me up um, was the good old Christian guilt that I carried around sex, mm-hmm. and it would. Like, I would have sex with my boyfriend at the time, and when he would leave, I would sometimes be so overcome, like, just balled up in a Mm corner, like, shaking, being like, but what if I'm going to hell? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what if they're right? And it wasn't so much that I thought having sex necessarily would send me to hell. It was, I think more what it was is sex, especially in my teen years, was the part that was so um, emphasized Mm -hmm. upon in that belief system yes, was yes. just don't have sex don't have sex don't think about sex don't dress sexy don't look at a man sexy don't even look at a man like right or a woman you know whatever right. whatever your flavor is don't look there don't go there and um i think that's why all of that conditioning uh i think all of that conditioning definitely led makes sense to me why sex was probably my biggest trigger post-christianity mm. Because it was the thing that was emphasized the most not to do. And so when I did it um, and enjoyed doing it, uh, I would feel sometimes just scared after all of that fear and condemnation and guilt would come flooding back. And I would read my Bible to calm myself down, but reading it from a non-believer's perspective um, and looking at it just to calm down the the wiring of the believer, the believer wiring that was still in my brain. Because just because we don't believe anymore doesn't mean that that wiring, unfortunately, goes, <laughs> it doesn't right. go away. It takes,
2: t- so, it takes a long time to go away. It takes a long time. I think,
3: it's, I, think some t- I think some of that I'm just going to live the rest of my life with. But <laughs> I'm always finding new wiring, it.
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah, but like we can we can recognize it now. And so I mm-hmm. recognized where that Christian wiring was getting triggered about sex, and I could read the Bible to assuage that wiring by being Mm. like look even if you were a christian a follower of christ who focused on the works and words of jesus Mm. jesus actually had fuck all to say about premarital sex
0: right yeah Um, yeah
3: so it was like it just wasn't there he talked about divorce um and i think i wrote about that in the blog too like in the context of divorce he was talking about um you know, cut off your hand if it causes you to lust after someone and gouge at your eyes, like that whole, that whole bit. Um, And then he, he talked a little bit about, about, about divorce, but I figured if Jesus really, or God, if it was really, really such a big deal for them that consenting, consensual adults unmarried to each other, not be sexually intimate, they would have made it so crystal clear. Like the butchery instructions in the Bible for how God wants lambs and birds to be butchered are so explicit. Like where oh, to go, what point. to do, yeah. how to spill the blood, how to make the bird smell, to go waft up to the heavens to so the aroma pleases God. Like God is very specific and explicit when he wants to be. He was not explicit or specific about premarital sex. Hmm. And so reading that gave me peace because I was like, oh man, if it was really a big deal, like apparently all these other things were, he would have been explicit about it. And he wasn't. And like I said, in that blog and getting into the the Latin and Greek origins of things, um, a lot of the translations of fornication, Mm -hmm. which today colloquially usually mean like sex outside of Marriage, Right, or yeah, yeah. Term.
2: Conveniently. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, um, it actually kind of, it, it seems to have had its its roots in, I think, the Greek word pornea, mm-hmm. which meant harlotry. I had to look up all these words. Okay, so then yeah. harlotry, harlotry mean whoredom, okay, whoredom. Prostitution, okay, prostitution. Uh, cheating on your spouse, cheating on your, so like all these terms, but not one of them said consensual sexual intercourse.
2: Right, right, yeah.
3: There were all these other terms so i i don't know like i i was that's that's how uh that's how i calmed myself down when i would feel anxious about having sex post-christianity it was being like you know what you know what you poor little christian wired brain even if it is true even if the rest of the faith is true this part's not so you're good
2: (laughs) right right yeah it's like this but it worked it's (laughs) taking advantage of the fact that the bible is so easy to manipulate right like you can sort of you can sort of, when you're really struggling in that in-between period, I feel like you can sort of, like, take, if you if you know how to, like, if you know how to get really into exegesis, like, you can, as in, like, studying, you know, specific verses... You can really, like, dig into the Greek, dig into the other passages in the Bible, dig into this word or that, and just be like, oh, it doesn't mean what I thought it meant, and then just move on with your life. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a funny, interesting way to do that. Now, I mean, it's like, you don't want to do it to the point where you get sucked back in, where where it's, like, feeding the thing that's drawing you back into it, but... You can do it in kind of a... I, I mean, I totally did it with hell a lot for me when I was deconstructing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, well, you know, the Bible's view on hell is extremely complicated to say the least and the old testament doesn't even mention it and neither does the gospel of john so like maybe i can relax about the idea uh, you know
1: my version of this would probably be kind of like whenever i was coming out and was like i was a liberal christian for a few months and i was like a, a, a gay christian is how i identified and so reading some of the Backgrounds, things of like okay what does it really Mean to be homosexual in the bible when did that term Actually come up what it was actually said Kind of going through those things I think was A helpful thing for me um, But like you're saying it for some People it may be a step That they they pitch Their tent on and dwell on for a While but for the rest of us it was kind of like a, Oh this is icy And you just kind of slide across you're like okay See you later bye bye right yeah
0: mm-hmm. Chuck what do so- you
1: do to Calm down after sex
2: <laughs> <laughs> um i orgasm after sex no i mean like i don't know that's how i calm down okay <laughs> no, I, know. I don't need to calm down after sex man i feel there is no point in my life where i'm more calm than after sex
1: mm, i drink a diet coke
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: good. just a pain
2: in tight life. tight 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 um yeah. i watch bojack no um i don't know that's a good show boys cuttle. alice t- <laughs> <laughs> it is a good post-coital show. Oh god. Post-coital. It actually is. I'm
3: sure I've done that. It's such yeah. a good
2: show. Yeah, I'm sure I've watched Bojack After Sex many times. <laughs> Alice <laughs> I'm so sorry that we're the way we are. Can you don't be no, this is I so much it. fun? Can you uh tell us about dare to doubt tell yes, us about please. dare to doubt, dot org. i just want to say i i love like before you start i, I love certain aspects of it you have uh d- like deconstruction guides based on different faiths which i think yes. is fucking awesome it was brilliant um and Thanks. quizzes the quizzes the quiz is great oh man i was so stoked about this website so i love what you're doing tell us about it
3: Thank you so much. Um, That quiz took me so long to build. (laughs) I'm so glad it's appreciated. Yeah, Uh, I would imagine. Yeah. So, Dare to Doubt came from um, one of the last lines of a book that I wrote that I'm actually in the middle of publishing. Okay, hello. Uh, It doesn't have a title yet. I'll let you know what it does. But um, it's. It's, I wrote, I wrote the, the phrase came out in writing. I don't even know if it'll make the final cut, but I wrote dare to doubt. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like a catchy hashtag. I should see, you know, what, what is this? And it wasn't taken. The <gasps> website wasn't taken. The Instagram handle wasn't taken. Wow. The Twitter wasn't taken. Get it, get I was it, like, get it, get it, get it. dare to doubt. Like, how is this not? Yeah. Cause this is like, this is what I'm, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I, I got all the things, all the handles, all the domains, um, And like I said, I wasn't quite sure what it was going to turn into. I've always known that I wanted to somehow work in the space of helping other people who are in the throes of leaving uh, their belief system. And I basically created the site that I needed to find when I was fresh out. So there's so many sites that exist like that now, but back 12 years ago, I really don't think there was. And like I said earlier, even if there was, I probably would have been too scarred and leery of them to, mm. to see what they would have to offer in terms of um, support, mental health, community, all of that. So, uh, But there's a lot of people that can't imagine deconstructing without the support of others who are in the process. And I'm so happy that there are so many resources out there now mm. for people. And so I always imagined that I'd have maybe some sort of, um, nonprofit foundation that would give grants to people to get therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was in therapy for three years after Mm -hmm. I lost my faith. We'd never heard, me and my therapist had never heard of religious trauma syndrome. Um, and he was still able to help me with what I now see were exactly a lot of the symptoms. Yes. And therapy is really expensive. And I've been very privileged um, to have a career that's afforded me the luxury of being able to go to therapy um, with or without insurance at the time. And so uh, I felt like that was such a gift that I gave myself therapy that I wanted other people to have access to it. And I still do. And eventually with Dare to Doubt, I have future plans for it. And one of of them is hopefully getting some sort of grant scholarship thing um, to fund counseling for people who are low income and can't afford it. Um, That's down the road. In the meantime, I really wanted to be able to at least point out to people where they could find a secular therapist. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but uh, there's a lot of Christian therapists out there because yeah. it's very much like... Yeah,
2: um, oh, yeah. We, yeah. we have a whole episode about... We have a whole episode about the problem with Christian therapists. Anyway, yeah.
3: Yeah, sure. well, and even non-Christian therapists, like, they won't say they're a Christian therapist on their website. But right. many people who care about shepherding a flock in Christian terms or nurturing, you know... The psyche of others in secular terms, like, I think, I think, um, there's, there are fortunately a lot of secular therapists out there, but there are also a lot of faith-based therapists who are privately faith-based. It's not even necessarily part of their practice. It's Mm -hmm. just, and I've come across them by accident where all of a sudden, like, I can tell that what I'm saying is triggering something in them and that they're still a believer because they're telling their, the the human side of them shows and how could it not? We're all just human. So, Um, nothing against them. I'm I'm glad that they're there for the people who who they can serve and and help. But for me, that was not
0: mm-hmm. obviously like mm-hmm. helpful.
3: Um, it invalidated anything they had to say because I felt like my my mind goes no longer trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, believes in something that is completely made up and bullshit and harmed me and hurt me and is hurting thousands of others to this day. And unfortunately, my mind just writes that off. And I know it's an unfair judgment call, but it's also a survival call yes. that I need to protect my trauma yep. when the reason I'm going to therapy in the first place has Preach. a lot to do with religious yeah. trauma. <laughs> so, yep. it's, uh, so I wanted, there's the secular therapy project run by, um, Freedom why from Religion. Am I- not freedom from religion. They do more law, legal stuff, but um, recovering from religion. That's it. I get the names uh, mixed
1: up. Sorry, everybody. Uh, uh,
3: no, no, no. I know. I do the same thing. There, there There's a lot of free <laughs> and recovering from religion type of things. So, so basically, my goal was to um, start a resource site where people from, as you said, multiple belief systems could come and at least have a starting point of where to go. And I wanted to make it... Uh, I call it millennial friendly because not to knock on these other wonderful resource directories, but I get overloaded by them. and i uh-huh. I not like super tech savvy, but I'm. Uh, if I'm struggling with them, mm-hmm. I think a lot of other people will be struggling with yeah. them. They're yeah, laid out the text hmm. windows, take up the whole screen. <laughs> like There's like not many images. You guys have a lot of images, as I recall. Okay, thank I'm-
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> at least one thing going first. Yeah,
3: like, it's a, I wanted to make it visually appealing and yeah. easy because I didn't want people to feel i feel the way i feel which is completely overloaded when i go to most research sites like uh, i'm scrolling 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 right. i click here i don't yeah. know if it's the right page so right. i'm sure people could say the same thing about daretodoubt.org. um uh i built it myself using wix shout out to wix for making this way it's, easier um, it's <laughs> that's what we used to. i think it's super
2: intuitive but yeah,
3: it's i i love wix um but yeah it's and there's like there's every time I go on the site I see a a, a section where I'm like, ooh. Ah, I need to change the layout of that. So I'm not saying it's perfect by any means, but for me, it, it met my own standards of, and I tested it with a bunch of people rigorously being like, where do you feel confused? Was there anything that didn't make sense? Did a mm. page link you to something where it shouldn't have? Um, I had a lot of testing through very generous friends and family um, who played around with it before I released it publicly. But yeah, I, there's, uh, I'm there's i working on the Jehovah's Witness page now, working on a Catholicism page. Cool. Um, yeah. There's so many believers systems out there right now I think I only have seven um, mm-hmm. and I went according to uh, the ones that that have a big population and or um, extremist needs like sure. the, the Amish population is not big but it's such it's such an extreme right. isolated religious subculture that I feel and I feel like it's really hard that was the hardest page for me to build so far because there are so few resources specifically mm-hmm. to help Amish people and the ones that there are, Get this, guys. They're Christian, so oh, there's a lot yeah. of steps to help the Amish leave the Amish church to join the mainstream evangelical Christian mm-hmm. church. So right. it's been really hard for me. Like I, one of the things that I did when I built the quiz uh, is I wanted to make I wanted to allow people who are just dipping a toe. Into doubt or into questioning, still feel mm. like resources for them. I didn't want it to be so strongly atheist because I, like I said, for three years. Uh, It was three years between my break with evangelical Christianity and atheism. Mm -hmm. And during that time, if I had found a website like Dare to Doubt, and it made me feel stupid for even believing in any version of God, I wouldn't have felt safe there. That's
1: a great point. That's a great point.
3: I don't have an atheist agenda. I really don't. I think that faith is very real for some people, and I would never want to take that away from them. My only goal is to help the people for whom it is not real or not all parts of it are real. Mm -hmm. And them that, hey, you're not alone, first of all. There's so many people that mm-hmm. are and will be exactly where you are, and here's some, some people who know how to help you through that if you're looking for a counselor, if you're just looking to talk to someone, if you're looking for <laughs> an in-person support yeah. group in state, if you're looking for books of other people who have also left Islam or Scientology or Mormonism, whatever it is, um, here they are. You know, like dab a toe or leap off the wagon wherever you're at. And that's why in the quiz I, I, I ask, I think one of the questions is, um, you know, do you prefer secular only resources or do you prefer faith friendly? I use mm. the term faith friendly because I didn't want to say faith based, but like maybe maybe they're just not sure. I but like that a lot.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
3: Faith Can friendly, I use so that friendly. phrase? I like that.
2: Faith please, friendly. I'm, please thinking about, I'm thinking about myself deconstructing and, like, Googling things and, like, not really. It's uh, in 2015, you know, 2014, coming up with anything that, like, seemed to work. Like, I remember finding a blog by a pastor or by some Christian that had, like, lived atheist for two years and then decided to go back, you know? And I'm just mm. like, hey, this is not <laughs> what I'm, like, after. this is not what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back, man. You know, so mm. I'm really glad that you're doing this and, and, uh, and I hope that it becomes, let's all just Google, everybody Google it a, a lot. Everybody Google it five times today, right now. Oh. Get out your phones, hey. Google it five times. No, just kidding. Um, but, but we want it to work, we want it to be successful.
1: And then you won't Thank be blind you so anymore. And then,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Wash Spit, your- spit on your phone and google it five times and then wash your eyes and then you can see
1: really quick one of the resources that I saw was that you know that 14 year old atheist that just clobbers all the middle aged Christian men in debates I saw like 15 seconds of one of his debates and he said something about um, it really put in perspective how fucked up hell is and how fucked up Mm. God is for creating hell and I saw 15 seconds and I was like God damn it, I'm not going to be able to unthink that.
2: Yeah, yeah, And that yeah. was towards the end. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah.
1: God damn it, The 14-year-old.
2: He Jesus. did it. So, <laughs> Alice, thanks so much for being on the show. This has been a good old time.
3: And, oh, uh, thanks so much for having me.
2: Yeah, you are a delight. Um, can you,
1: Do you have any any
2: Hollywood stories
1: before we go? Just any,
0: like,
1: I don't know. <laughs> Brady, okay. can stories? I just,
2: like, I want to qualify this. Brady is, like, is, like, knows everything about a lot of T V shows. So
1: I'm probably on the spectrum and this is my thing.
2: Yeah that yeah it's like, a it's a spectrumy thing. Yeah. Okay. And, they, and you can list B list actors for days.
3: Okay. Okay. You probably know way more than I do. I'm still playing homeschool catch up. Like Brady, why don't um, you
2: tell us a story? No. <laughs>
3: uh so okay I'll tell a story. So one of the times, the biggest time that I ever got starstruck, mm-hmm. um, which happens occasionally, uh, but I did not see this one coming. I'm at Trader Joe's with my brother, we're grocery shopping, and I'm getting ringed up at the checkout. And then I look, I like look to my left, and there's just this giant bicep, like right at <sighs> oh. my eye level. I was Dwayne, like, "Dwayne the was, Rock
2: Johnson?" <laughs> it I'm just guessing. Him. me.
3: I looked up. And I just seen the movie Munich and it was Eric Bana. Yes. And I and I had like just seen Munich and I think he's really hot. And yeah. so <laughs> yeah. I was he's just like oh. I was just so unprepared. I, I did some weird sort of like gasp and looked away immediately, of course, and like felt just super awkward. But uh, the best part though was on my little grocery route. The next place my brother and I went was Whole Foods for the spices that Trader Joe's doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking there, here's Eric Bana and his wife waving at me nice. in the car last oh, you're the same route. <laughs> and I was even more dumb and starstruck <laughs> than I was at the Trader Joe's. I was like, hey. probably did some really stupid <laughs> thumbs up. Um, but yeah, that. And, and then, I don't know, like other Hollywood moments. I feel like there's so many fun. L.A. is so fun to live in. There's so many weird Hollywood moments. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to go this year, but every summer before the Emmys, Uh, My boyfriend and I get to go to this super exclusive Emmys party called The Night Before. And it's really, really, it's like walking into all of your favorite TV shows. You're like, oh, there's Sansa Stark. Oh, there's Lady Mary. Oh, there's so-so. Like, there's, it's just like walking into Netflix and Hulu and Amazon (laughs) Prime all together. (laughs) And it's an HBO. Like, it's just like all of it's it's and you just feel like a little kid and like we both get imposter syndrome we're like what are we doing i don't even know how uh-huh. <laughs> what are we, we're just gonna go over here and eat all cookies and mac and cheese um, <laughs> too, and it's great but uh um, cool. No, and that's all due to my my uh, boyfriend. I am his plus one because I haven't worked on anything in a while. But he's okay. on a show called Station 19 okay. on uh, ABC, which is a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. Okay, cool. Um, uh, and so he's he's working and killing it, and I'm really proud of him. Uh, his name's Grey Damon. Google him and oh, Grey Damon. Uh, <laughs> Grey Damon. Yes. So he gets Man, invited to a lot That's a sexy of Hollywood name for user. sure. It is and can you believe it's actually his real, his real name that was one of
2: the first No I, I thought that for sure that It sounds
1: like well it, It's kind of derivative of, of Robin From Batman because there's Dick Grayson And then there's another Another because <laughs> oh, yes. there's more than one Robin and yeah, another yeah. Robin is Dick Damien so Oh it, okay Yeah it's like Gray a very Damon. like
2: Yeah anyway He's basically <laughs> Robin <laughs> He he
3: would love that reference because he loves comics. He's like obsessed with comics and and monsters. And you should see our house right now for Halloween. It's ridiculous. He (laughs) went so the Halloween decor. Um, He's making me play homeschool catch up with all the horror movies I never saw. So. This month, October, there's there's so many horror movies out there. Um, but yeah, he gets invited to a lot of fun parties. I get to go with him and cool. we get to together share these imposter syndrome moments where we're like, where are we right now? What life are we living right now? This is so funny.
1: That's so cool. Oh my God. That would be like my afterlife. That would be Very my good. afterlife. Yeah, that's your afterlife. Well, to like go to it for like 20 minutes and be like, hey guys, I just need to go take go home take a nap. <laughs> speaking to go home and taking a nap uh we probably need to let you go and to you know let our listeners live the rest of their lives instead of listening to this goddamn podcast all the time <laughs> <laughs> um
2: on that note uh since you've had enough of this podcast remember to uh subscribe rate and review I said that really slowly because I had to remember what the words were. And uh, we do have an online community that you can join if you're not
1: speeding anything up.
2: If the the idea of community is not too intimidating for you, uh, we do have a private online community where you can. Yeah, baby steps. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we can talk Alice into joining our community. Um, And uh, yeah, process your deconstruction, process your religious trauma. Uh, and we do have a Patreon if you want to support our efforts, um, because uh, we everything costs money. Because <laughs> um, capitalism. We
1: have a little saying on this show, uh, and and that is if, if you, you don't go it, to church, church Sunday, Sunday is, is just a second, second Saturday. Saturday. See you, you next, next time for listening.
2: Oop. <laughs> oh. Spartans kicked out the garden, back-to-back stab at God, for his pardon? My mind trying to break out the margins, writing reflections on loose leaf, listen hard, my jargon is Darwin, inciting infections of unbelief, like what in the hell is a spiritual walk? But meditating on TED Talks, elevating events that are non-stop, circulating your views in a closed crop, cutting verses up like a chop shop, with copies and signs like a bookshop, pasted in like Bibles on backdrops, feeling bad for shit on your laptop, it's a bad prop for holding belief i a set.